Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Black History Month. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watch Biodome. Celebrating black voices with Polly Shore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All lives can't matter until black lives matter, buddy. You so, Alex, your favorite movie, uh, you, you like this and the Baby Geniuses movie. Correct. Um, How did we get here? Look, if I were like five years old and an idiot, I would love Baby Geniuses. As it, as it stands, I am 30 years old and an idiot, so I love Biodome. Guys, I have exciting news. So I looked up the actor that played the old man that funded the whole thing. Hey! He's been in a lot of movies, but more importantly, he was the voice of Merv Stimpleton on Rocket Power. <laughs> so, just go ahead and take time to judge that. As we We're just going to do it just this entire episode now. His ribbon candies. <laughs> I guess I found the cold open. <laughs> I'm glad I could help. <laughs> it's shocking we didn't look that up before. Yeah, you know, I was really like, wait, wait, what is that guy from? Because I knew his voice. I didn't know I knew it from Rocket Power. <laughs> That's a funnier name than I remember. That will either save or ruin this episode. Find out in approximately 45 minutes, folks. Okay, well, before this 45 minutes, Parker, did anything happen in the news? Oh my goodness, did it ever. You know, the Super Bowl's come and gone. Not a lot of trailers, because all of the movies from last year didn't come out. But let me tell you about a movie that is coming out. In which Glenn, De- Glenn Danzig covers the Old West in blood in Death Rider in the House of Vampires. A whole vampire western. Dude, there is a trailer for this fucking thing. <laughs> the first thing you see is Danny Trejo, who cannot get his lines out over his fake teeth. It is... <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> All right, I'm back in. I mean, are there a bunch of vampires? Yes. Is Glenn Danzig playing a vampire? Yes. Is Eli Roth a cowboy? Also, yes. Oh, Eli Roth Chris, is involved with this? Just assume I'm going to assign it to you because the female lead is the goth girl from The Blair Witch 2. So just assume this is <laughs> happening to you. Oh, good. I'm glad she's still getting work. <laughs> this movie looks wretched i'm so excited to talk about it as soon as it comes out you know i always assumed that after blair witch 2 she was just consigned to the hell of uh, cbs original tv shows well you know i'd love a pain gig like that you know uh, parker one more question about this before we go any further is his name really glenn danzig because i thought his name was just (laughs) danzig i thought it was like one word like madonna yeah the glenn really undermines it (laughs) what are you seal Ugh, it looks pretty good. Don't worry, I haven't forgotten that you haven't seen Veronica yet. 
<laughs> People don't forget. Yum. Uh, yum. Yum. I wonder who wins the Super Bowl. fucking wretched day that I will get to later. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> okay, so is there any other news? Or? I'm sure there is, but who cares? Nothing's happening still. No one's lives are getting any better. Give me my check so I can buy Gundam model kits already. So do we have any jerks of the week? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> my jerk of the week is Paramount Plus for making Snooki walk up all those mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Well, originally, my jerk of the week uh, was that woman on SNL who did a bum-ass job of breaking that guitar and embarrassed herself. But uh, after the Super Bowl, that fucking Wayne's World Uber Eats commercial like, ruined my entire day. Oh, God. I think it hurt that. me so bad. I didn't think it would, but it just... <sighs> Haunting. <laughs> Man, while we're on the subject of Super Bowl commercials, did you guys actually see like the freeze frame of that Reddit commercial? Was no. the Reddit, was that the Mountain Dew one that Andrew was talking about? No, there was like a five second flash of like a, a Reddit ad, and like the whole thing was like, oh, we spent our whole advertising budget on this so people would learn about all the cool discussions going on in Reddit. But also, Oh no, I was talking at that point, I'm sorry. <laughs> but also, the word tendies appeared in a Super Bowl ad, so... <laughs> oh, well, there we go. I'd love that for them. Maybe Reddit's okay. So, keeping with the theme here, my jerk of the week is anyone who's complaining about that Jeep ad that was narrated by Bruce Springsteen. No one cares. No one was paying attention. No one was even in the room for that. No one cares. Oh, it's about, you know, driving your truck, uniting and fly over country. The dude's from New Jersey. Alright? No no one's interested in that. Just, anyone who's ever said, oh yeah, watch it for the commercials, has not watched it in like 25 years. Exactly. Name two good commercials in the last decade. Oh, I can I, I can do that right now. Because oh, we got right. that fucking Terminator Genesis trailer for the first time in the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. And I was I was just pointing at the TV shrieking at a Super Bowl party while no one else was watching about Arnold headbutting that helicopter. Rewind it. Rewind it. He flew face first into a helicopter. <laughs> they don't make Terry Tate office linebacker like they used to. That's all I'm Man, saying. Man, I do miss that. It really sucks when we're mad that people aren't selling stuff to us as well anymore. Because it's just all the same truck and beer ads. Like, I was watching one that was all about some fucking Paralympic swimmer with no legs. They get to the whole thing and just the fucking Toyota logo comes on screen. <laughs> what do I do with that? Well, the other one is the oat milk one. Why do they have a commercial for oat milk? That guy has bad vibes. I don't trust him. Apparently, yeah, right they, Im they immediately started selling merchandise about how much their commercial sucked. So... You oh, know. really? Wow. Yep. There, that's that's what happens, man. Okay, let's get into what we watched recently. Uh, I would just like to commend both of you for your restraint for not making your jerk of the week the lady ref. <laughs> I should have done that, fucking damn it. Sunday was fucking wretched. I'm still so mad. <laughs> oh my god. Like... <laughs> Can I just talk about that really quick? So, like, I'm sitting on the couch, and, and my good friend Alex is looking at his phone and cackling. And I'm like, what? What, did, oh, what are they talking about in Discord? And he's like, what do you think? <laughs> and I'm looking at the screen. Sarah Thomas is on screen for a split second. I'm like, is it Yellow Cyclone or Joel? <laughs> Turns out it was both, and also Broly. Alex, when he posted that picture of, uh, you know, that little get-together, and I saw Chris in the background, I was like, oh, that's good for them, and then immediately I was like, oh, fuck. 
I'm, this is going to be a rough afternoon in the old Discord. I mean, I almost never post during game time just because I'm, you know, I'm like to focus on the game when I can. Also, like, Josh is right next to me. He and I are going to shoot the shit and stuff. But I didn't know it was going to be that bad, man. <laughs> dying in there waiting for a life raft. I I legitimately got DM'd by one of my friends in there who's like, yeah, I had to mute it. I couldn't tell if they were serious with all the sexism. And I was like, the three that you think are serious are. The rest are cool. And he goes, all right, that's about what I thought. Thanks. Just... Wow. That show me the holding where his hand is. <laughs> I think my favorite one is, you can't call taunting there. I'm like, Actually, you're not allowed to taunt. That's in the rules. Uh, actually, the rulebook says you can't taunt, and he did, in fact, call it there. <laughs> I just, just, I don't know if I've gone on the record for this, but I am very, very much in on the idea of taking taunting and making it like uh, pass interference used to be, where there was the five yarder and the fifteen yarder, where there are just different degrees of taunting penalties. <laughs> so guys are aiming for the fifteen yard taunt every time. So like Terrell awesome. Owens gets the fifteen yarder, but Chad Ochocinco gets the five. not to throw a good friend of ours under the bus but the game going to halftime and the immediate ping in the gaming channel just to see more of the big titty resident evil lady (laughs) (laughs) the man's commitment to being horny online is he's having a better time than any of us let's be honest like they weren't even done jogging off the field he's like he goes check this shit out he's more fan art (laughs) the coolest thing I've ever seen lust is bliss (laughs) What, are you going to watch The weekend? Fuck that. Here. <laughs> what a legend. Our hero of the week, RWA. God bless him. Yeah. Chris, right. on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did the halftime show rip off Mad Max Fury Road? I got so excited that I got to use the opportunity to derail the entire thing by talking about Lupin the Third. <laughs> <laughs> I was just finally able to save that chat for like 10 minutes. And the lady ref came back. Yeah. Eh, you know, next year we'll just have to buy you a plane ticket. It's fine. Yeah. <sighs> Shout out to you posting your girlfriend's feet, by the way. <laughs> Did Shout I do that? Shout out to you for seeing that oh, and being like, speaking, I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to mention it. Make it weird for everybody. <laughs> speaking of feet, i got to mention this. Uh, at one point, Alex accidentally knocked over the good queso. It was and, the best queso I've ever had. <laughs> and he, It was a really good queso. And he knocked it all over this really large ottoman that he has in the middle of the living room. This is a very, very big ottoman. And he, he knocked it over as big as a oh, oh, no. And Alex saves it by putting his foot against the, the queso to stop it from spilling onto the carpet. And his girlfriend has to wipe up the queso off his foot and the <laughs> ottoman. It was... It was a major extraction plan. It was a lot like Deepwater Horizon, but with queso. I love that for you. Look. The good queso. Look, let no one say that just because I've been unathletic for my entire life that I don't have reflexes. That queso I mean, was that close to going all over the floor, and I just jammed my foot in there. It's like These are V8 motor skills. When a son is like trapped under something and a mom just gets like Hulk strength, he's like, oh, fuck the queso! <laughs> Left into action. I feel it. I can't catch anything, but I almost dropped my phone. I will bounce it off me three times and one-hand it. It's... It- Alex does not care about that ottoman. He really doesn't like the ottoman, but he was very ottoman. he was overjoyed about the amount of queso that did not spill out of that cup. Look, what am I gonna do? Buy a coffee table? I'm thirty. Fuck off. I feel it. Riding high with the same IKEA table that has made several moves with me. It's like it. it has like eighty percent of the functionality of a coffee table, and it matches the couch. Like, and I didn't pay for it. What do you want me to do? Yeah. 
same though. <laughs> hey, buddy, you want to lick my feet? <laughs> I mean, can we uh, pause the recording for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> so the first movie that I watched, I didn't watch a lot this week because uh, last week we went kind of heavy. I visited my dad, and my brother and sister showed up, and we. this is the first time we've got to see each other in a while, you know, because of COVID and stuff like that. So we actually exchanged uh, Christmas presents and stuff. My dad got me a kukri. Oh, wow, yeah, dude. Yeah, you know, like those little <laughs> machete things that the Gurkhas used to use? Well, now I have one of those. Your so dad owns. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm going to use it for, but... uh. Probably for cutting meat for barbecues. Anyway, uh, we, we all get down, and it's like uh, it's like 7 at night or something. I have to go to work in a couple hours. He's like, what movie should we put on? I'm like, he's going through like Amazon Prime. I'm like, oh, Dad, Serenity's right there. Come on, you guys, we have to watch Serenity. We have to, come on, Serenity's right there. Big mistake. In my house, don't ever reveal that you like something, because then they'll <laughs> never get into it. So... Instead, my dad put on the shittiest sci-fi original looking ass movie he could find. Yes. It's just called Ogre. And uh <laughs> Your dad fucking rules, dude. <laughs> Come on, Dad, can we please watch this really good movie? You guys are gonna love it, I swear. No. Yeah, anyway, like actually I don't remember who. I I think it might have been me. He was like going through movies and he hovers over Ogre. I'm like, yeah, put that on. And he presses enter, and, uh, boy, this fucking movie, dude, like, that's the thing about those sci-fi original movies, there's, like, it's, they usually have that sort of generic title, like, Anacondas, and maybe a stupid subtitle, like, Hunt for the Blood Orchid, and, <laughs> your family's met up in months, and you're just put on Ogre. <laughs> So fucking this, is, this conversation is like single-handedly convincing me to have kids. <laughs> so oh you can God, show them uh, ogre. I hope you've been staying well. How are the kids? Hey guys, want to see ogre? <laughs> now, believe it or not, ogre, ogre was so bad that it is going to live forever in field family lore. So the basic idea is these four, I don't know, teenagers go hiking in the woods and they stumble upon a ye oldie timey townie and this town is like stuck in the way that it lives forever so parker did you ever see the village yeah <laughs> so it's kind of like that but with talk everlasting because they're like actually stuck in uh time forever <laughs> anyway so uh they're they're in this town and they're like you know living forever and stuff and it's kind of hard to nail down exactly what the time period of the town is it's not exactly like puritans because they don't wear the stupid pilgrim hat but uh it's i don't know maybe 19th century sort of shit and the town looks desolate i mean it looks really really lousy to live in obviously no running water no electricity no games and turns out this is going to sound weird but just stick with me here because this is true the reason they are able to live forever is that once a year, the town elder sacrifices one of the citizens of the town to a giant ogre. <laughs> and that magically keeps the town alive forever, suspended in time. So the next movie I watched was The Longest Yard. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, 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 okay, I there's more here. I just have to say that when you mentioned this, my brain immediately went to, like, the Ants version of Shrek as compared to, like, A Bug's Life. 
Oh, fuck, oh that's no! What it looks like. Just Googled it. Oh no! Ogre, you oh you looked up the ogre. Oh no! That's the thing. It's like what what are the real benefits here? The only reason I ever watch one of these sci-fi original movies is to see what the creature looks like, because because you're either going to get some really bad CGI or you're going to get some really bad CGI. This is what it looks like. <laughs> Why is the head there? <laughs> so you can see. Oh, okay. You can walk around. Alex, go ahead, do yourself a favor, look up what Ogre 2008 looks like. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Man, they put that shit on the box. <laughs> It worked apparently. Uh, <laughs> Dad hovered over it like, eh? Dad, I don't want fact... speech. Yeah, but look at the ogre. <laughs> yeah. It is in like... fact all ogre now. This guy looks like he was in the world's strongest man. <laughs> oh, like, he is very strong. He did his starting strength routine and really stuck to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all those milk squats that he's doing. So, Henry and I are watching this, and I want to let you know something. Neither one of us are drinking. Wait, were we drink? We had drank a little bit. We went out to a pizza place, and we had to we had a couple pictures of Yingling. So we're watching it, and we're desperately waiting for, like, something solid that we can really make fun of. Because uh, the ogre has been on screen for maybe a split second. We were just like, surely that's not what he actually looks like. Uh Anyway, it gets to a part where, like, oh, the ogre is coming, the ogre is coming. Someone has to get crucified so the ogre can go up to this person and just punch them into smithereens. Because the ogre, I don't actually think, eats anyone. I think he just, like, slaps them into, like, a, a pool of blood. <laughs> fucking ogre's a vegetarian. <laughs> it's the POV of the blurry Pepe punching you in the face. <laughs> So, th- some town crier is going around the town going, Shutter your windows, lock your doors. Shutter your windows, lock your doors. So guess what my brother's been texting me all week? <laughs> that's 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 what you do, man. So, oh, I, I forgot this other great scene. Okay, so the, the four modern time uh, teenagers happen to pound this town. And uh, two of them... Uh, one of them gets injured, and the other two are like, let's split up, gang! And he's like, okay, thanks. Uh, let me know when you find help. Anyway, the ogre finds them, and they're like, oh, I know where to hide. Let's <laughs> let's hide in this... It looks like a trap door in the middle of the forest. It's, it's carved out of wood. And they open it up, and it smells like death. They're like, yeah, let's hide in here. You f- you found the, uh, the ogre's ancient, like, dead body cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Does she hate it when he can't smell the ogre crypt? And the <laughs> anyway, the um, the uh, oh yeah, funny. I don't know <laughs> the ancient ogre crypt. Anyway, the uh, the the town elder's daughter. Uh, her name is Hope, and the way they say it, they sort of drop the intro. The entire movie, Henry and I are just going, oh, oh, you know, like that Midwestern guy trying to get by you in like a skinny hallway. Oh, I'm just oh. Either. And just doing that to each other for the rest of the night. So, one of us slept. Uh, what else happens? What else happens? Oh, yeah. So, at the end, she's like, oh, I found the uh, the way to solve our problem. We have to get 
we have to get the ogre to cross the boundary of the town, and then the spell will break and we all finally get to die. Uh, and they have to fend off the ogre. One of them has a bow and arrow, and I just want to talk about the arrows really quick. They just picked up sticks in the back of the wood and used them as arrows. There's, like, no feather on the end. There's no arrowhead, so they're not really arrows. They're just, like, these slightly curved sticks, which they never actually <laughs> fired, but every single time I looked at them, I laughed really hard. Don't worry. We'll fix it in post, guys. Just shoot the sticks. It's fine. Nothing. Now, the monster's gonna look cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is a movie that needed a song. Uh, <laughs> haven't seen it, but disagree. <laughs> Not like a musical sort of song, but like, like uh, cut to end of heartache and during the end credits. <laughs> Come on, like when Smash Mouth covered "I'm a Believer." Yes, or when Smash Mouth showed up at the end of Rat Race. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so luckily that's over, Man, and I'm going to hear about it for the rest of my life. Oh, Ogre. Yeah. No, yes. rat race. Well, <laughs> I was going to say. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Look, if right, we're watching yeah. Ogre, we're going to watch Croc Hawkins in the same week. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so a uh, TV show I've been watching. I've been watching some old school Beavis and Butthead, which prepared me well for this. And uh, turns out it holds up really well. I was a little surprised. Apparently, Mike Judge says this is his favorite thing that he's worked on, which I guess makes sense because... It's all stuff that he worked on. It's This was all his idea, whereas King of the Hill was also Greg Daniels. Um, all his other shows and movies, I'm sure there have been a lot of other people involved, but this was all... It started with him, it was his idea, it's what got him famous and stuff like that, so I can understand it. Uh, and I also watched a documentary. Uh, I watched a documentary about the making of Beavis and Butthead, which was actually really good. It was very entertaining and very revealing. Um, all the stuff they need to go through, all the bizarre controversies and everything. And some of the stuff was uh, really eye-opening. I really liked it. And I have to admit, it's like, man, there is controversy over this. How did people not see the satire? And then you watch a show, and there's a Sally Ride joke. Yeah, checks out. It's like, how do you tell a joke about her? Well, Beefus and Butthead find a way. It's like... It, the satire is just exactly on point. That's exactly what those characters would have done. I I think the reason that that show works is that every every young boy knew what Beavis and Butthead growing up. They were some of those guys on the playground, you know? Those were the guys like, well, at least I'm not going to end up like those guys. And uh, seeing a show about them, it was <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God we, uh, we dodged that bullet, huh? <laughs> Look at those nerves. Now let's reference the Lost Rocket Power episode for the <laughs> 95 minutes. I, I felt very similarly about uh, Stephen Baldwin referencing Romulus in Biodome. <laughs> wow, I wonder who this is for. <laughs> so that's the thing about uh, Beavis and Butthead is that it's you know, one of the other things, and I can't believe it, um, it kind of reminds me of Quibi. Because all the 13-minute episodes on Quibi that I guess the idea is that they're like Exodia, you put them together, you get a movie out of it. Uh, the fun thing about Beavis and Butthead is the episodes are only like 10 minutes. It's like nothing. It's like I'm in and out. It's totally easy. It's totally done. So I I kind of really like that because the episode is over before. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll sure I'll watch the next one. I got, I got time. Uh, it's really version, convenient. Do you have, have the music videos? It has the music videos, actually. Oh, God bless. It's 10 minutes with the music videos, which, by the way... The music videos are so funny. There's some parts where uh, 
I don't remember what the music was. It was some stupid heavy metal thing that just sounded awful. And just butthead go, wait a minute, what's this? This sucks. It's <laughs> 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 such a great time for MTV because you have all the metal bands from that are still hanging around into the 90s and it's all dog shit. It's a real good time to make fun of music videos. Well, the cool thing about it is that they have a really diverse array of music videos. Because I, I have to admit, I didn't watch a lot of MTV at the time. It's kind of into Thundercats. And they just play, like, all sorts of music videos. And it's not just, like, rap, but there's, like, obviously pop. There was a, a Sinead O'Connor video, which just starts with them chuckling. That's <laughs> <laughs> But there's, like, stuff from the 70s, or, like, uh, music videos, I think, from the late 60s, and I didn't know they made music videos back then, and, uh, I don't know, some of that stuff is really entertaining, and there's always this stuff that's, like, if Beavis and Butthead likes it, then it's cool, if it if they don't, then it sucks. Uh, apparently, Winger actually got mad at them, be- not because they made fun of a music video, but because the lamest character in the show wore a Winger t-shirt. <laughs> Dude, the lore that that was supposed to be a different shirt every time, and then they complained, so they just made it the shirt for the entire series. It's so fucking funny. I didn't know that. It's real good lore. Let's uh, just put another weenie hair metal band every single episode, and they got buttered about it. It's like, all right, well. The other thing about it that's a lot of fun is that all the voices are really on point, but especially the the voice that no one talks about is Stuart, who I don't <laughs> think is voiced by Mike Judge, but Wow. I can't wait to watch the Olympics with you guys. <laughs> it owns that oh. I've never seen an episode of Daria. I just know her as that character. Yeah, I that's... To I'm sorry, I'm looking for something diarrhea. else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which, by the her. way, interesting thing. She's interest, She's uh, introduced on the show as Diarrhea. They don't mention that she's Daria until a later episode. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> One more thing before I move on here is... Uh, that Halloween video where the, <laughs> it says it stars. This is horrible. <laughs> it's like a second just, into it. Just seeing the name Halloween just sent me back to like 2003 on fucking Soul Seek. It was a bad time. I don't know, bud. Feel kind of bad for these guys. Got it. Oh, and he's like, oh, I know this band. You're like, wait, what year did the song come out? Oh no. Alex, did you watch <laughs> Alex, did you watch the video I posted in the Discord that was the legend of Beavis? No, I didn't. I meant to and then I totally forgot I, about it because my brain Oh my god. Worms. If I have to waste an assignment on it, I would because Oh no, I'll watch it. Don't the, worry. You're good. I'm telling you it's so you're gonna click it and be like oh, Save your ammunition for Parker, it. it's fine. Yeah, right, Wait I will. But like ten <laughs> I didn't watch minutes, it either, guys. Ten minutes and it is perfect. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the internet, so uh, moving on here, my good, I hesitate to use the word friend from work, Jeff, got me two movies, because I got him Mad Max Fury Road, try to, try to give him a good movie, because he doesn't have very good taste in movies, and, uh, one of them is, I guess this is his favorite movie of all time, The Longest Yard. Uh, <laughs> that's and not, you made, you made <laughs> Jeff up. And Jeff, if you remember, I've mentioned Jeff before. Jeff is the one where we were talking about Steve Buscemi, and he didn't know who we were talking about. That he looked at, and he was like, "Oh, the guy in all the Adam Sandler movies." <laughs> yeah, I okay. Like I had this exact conversation last week, and my brain just purged it from my safety. We we might have. <laughs> I just I didn't watch the movies yet, but I was like, you know what? If a guy is such a fan of the show that he's going to spend money on movies for me to review and talk about, then I'm. 
Might as well do him a solid, you know. I don't want to be the guy who's like, he gets a movie or a book, he just throws it on the shelf and never actually watches it. So I put on The Longest Yard. Uh, by the way, in case you couldn't guess, is the Adam Sandler version, not the original. So uh, this movie was sold to me as having an unbelievable cast. Just an incredible, <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> cast. It, it, would you mind if I, uh, if I uh, like, read the cast to you guys? Please do. Okay. So, it's got Adam Sandler, and I know what you're thinking. It's like, there's more? Well, they also have Chris Rock, Nelly, mm -hmm. Burt yeah. Reynolds, David Patrick Kelly for like a split second, Terry Crews, Bill Goldberg, Tracy Morgan, oh, Michael oh, Irvin, Romanowski, Ryan Bosworth, Kevin Nash, Old Steve Austin, Rob Schneider, Chris Berman, Jim Rome. How did Chris Berman end up in prison? How did Chris Courtney Berman end up Cox. below Rob Schneider on the bill? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, you guys know the basic story of the... Lo you guys have seen The Longest Yard, right? Of course. Yeah, I have basic cable. Yeah. Um, this is actually my first time seeing it. I had seen bits and pieces of the original, and then I got bored and turned it off. This one, I felt like getting bored and turning it off would have been a little bit of an insult to him. So my question about The Longest Yard is, what does it do well? And I can't really think of anything that this movie does well that other movies don't do a lot better. Like, I think of football comedies. I mean... Remember the Titans isn't even a comedy, and it's still funnier than this. And it's certainly much better when it comes to football. Uh, maybe a better point of a comparison would be The Replacements. The Replacements is a lot funnier and a lot better when it comes to football. I think one of my problems with The Longest Yard is it's really not very realistic. And that kind of hurts the movie because... I mean, here's... Adam Sandler, NFL MVP. Really? We're doing that? <laughs> so you're saying it's better than draft day i don't know i don't, I don't know <laughs> i laughed out loud at draft day i didn't laugh out loud at the longest yard less funny than draft day got it the only the only part that it was like actually funny to me was uh he's he gets all the freaks together to like uh okay huddle up we're gonna run this way you guys do this and they already walked to the line before he says break he just goes ready break and uh i i thought oh that's that's a little cute Oh, wait, the, the only part that I actually laughed out loud at, this is, it was unintentionally funny, but I guess I laughed out loud at it, I'll give him this. Uh, they incinerate Chris Rock. This was supposed to be dramatic. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what? I must have missed this part. You forget about, TV. okay, so, uh, Chris Rock is uh, Adam Sandler's friend. I guess. I don't know. We'll get to that later. Uh, anyway, uh, the the guards are like, we have to take him out of the game. So they decide to kill his best friend. And I think the subtext, because they don't really mention it explicitly, but I guess the subtext is they want to kill Adam Sandler, but they instead, I guess, accidentally kill Chris Tucker. And they blow him up. They fucking incinerate the dude. And it's supposed to be a really tragic death. And he realized during his funeral, which, by the way, Terry Crews puts a quarter pounder on his coffin, and it's not supposed to be funny. Um, you realize during his funeral, this guy had no effect on the plot. He was completely superfluous. You could have cut him out the entire movie and wouldn't have changed anything. So I, I just thought, like, really? That's how you're going to have... You're going to try to, like, play to my emotions with that? This, from the writer of Up in the Air. 
god. You can't give me a movie about evil prison guards if it's not like Death Race or Gamer. Like, come on. What are you, uh, you like? Ah, oh, we're gonna make you play football against us. The fuck off. My lasting memory is uh, Steve Austin being the racist fucking patrolman and Miger just constantly yelling boy at me in the Steve Austin voice. <laughs> Did not appreciate it when we played Madden head to head. There's going to be a whole lot of Miger in this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So one of the big problems with uh, the movie is that the motivation isn't exactly clear. Like, I, I'm still not quite certain on the plot here, so... Do the prison guards play uh, football against other prison guards from other prisons? Is that a thing? Or is it? do other prison like football players play against other prison football players? Because I played against a high school that was a prison. Uh, Bolingbrook uh, Prep. Boy, they were really good at football. Not much else. We beat them. But uh, like, that's a thing. Floor, just... Trying with the, my whole body, not saying anything. That's a real thing, you know. They were. That's a. That's a thing that happens. Like, why are the guards playing? I. I don't understand it myself. But, whatever. I don't, it's that's. There's that. Uh, Adam Sandler, is forced to play football, and for some reason is compelled to make his football team good, and is compelled to do a whole bunch of other things. And the motivation never makes anything clear. And he says at one point that for the first time in a while, he's found a family and it's the, his fellow inmates. And I'm like, really? Cause you haven't shown that you like them. You don't even, you haven't even shown that you like Chris Tucker. He's going to get killed and there's going to be a really weird uh, funeral. He, he doesn't show that he likes things. The most that they show, they'd rather show a 20 minute basketball sequence. One-on-one -on -one, him versus Michael Irvin. Man, I wonder what he was doing there. <laughs> I'll take my chances with Adam Sandler there. <laughs> no, he actually ends up losing Michael Irvin. Anyway. Uh, it's a rough beat. Oh, yeah. At the end of the movie, he almost gets sniped. <laughs> Say that again? Uh, you remember at the end of the movie, they think that he's running away. Which, by the way, it's a prison. There are guards. They could just, like, tackle him. And then they give the they give a sniper rifle to remember that banker from the beginning of the Dark Knight. Well, he's one of the prison guards in this. He's the opposing team's quarterback. Yeah, that makes about as much sense as it sounds. And he's ordered shoot him. And anyway, he's just going to pick up the game ball. Yeah, stick that in your trophy case. Remember from the original. Oh yeah, speaking of the original, Burt Reynolds is in this. So the next movie I watched was Alice Through the Looking Glass. <laughs> sounds like an improvement. I'm just thinking about Tom Berenger just absolutely headshotting Adam Sandler at the end of this movie. Yeah. Better movie. Well, anyway. Uh, so, Alice in Wonderland. This is part of the Snake Way assignment. This How wish. Is this that is... related to... You know what? Don't answer that. I That's a good question. Totally, Actually, I totally forgot I put that on Alex, there. Let, me, let me explain it to you. <laughs> My immediate thought was like, why'd you watch that? That sounds... <laughs> <laughs> This is part of Snake Way, and Alex explained it that King... <laughs> Reading this out loud is a little tough. <laughs> King Kai has many strange friends, much like the ones you'll meet in Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. And I said, but, and he said, and if you've already watched it, you're watching Through the Looking Glass. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Man, I can't believe that uh, Shenron allowed this. Same. Well, he's a Namekian dragon, crazy so it's for different. Yeah, Peluga's up to his own silly tricks. He was really mad about yeah. what you did to the weed rat. 
What I did? I was looking for a pet cemetery. Anyway, Alice through the looking glass. Um, so, did you guys see the the Tim Burton Alice uh, in Wonderland? Did you ever see that? Not answering Fifth. that question. <laughs> so, the basic... I'll quickly recap the first one. Is It sucks. And in Alice through the looking glass... <laughs> The, well, the thing that the, the big problem was is Alice does in fact go to Wonderland. Well, that's not true. She doesn't go to Wonderland in the first movie. Apparently, it's not called Wonderland. It's actually called Underland. All right. So, in the sequel. Well, I knew that because I've seen the movie. So the I sequel. The sequel actually starts off with like a Pirates of the Caribbean Master and Commander sort of thing where she's the captain of her father's like ship and she's like staring in the waters and then she lands in ye olde timey london and there's an ogre wait different movie and like some guy who does not have a chin it's like the one guy who was born without a chin uh is there's like an ogre. he's doing like an impression of those people from the avengers the one i signed to alex that he refuses to watch uh, I, it's it is literally kind of, next on my list good and uh Anyway, like, he's kind of, yeah, he's talking like this the entire movie, and I don't know, she's like, there's some sort of problem, she'll lose her mother's house if she doesn't sign over the ship or something, then she literally goes through a looking glass, and I'm like, wait a minute, and I, I've read the original book, and, uh, watched the movie, I'm like, this has nothing to do with it, there's, like, Alice is in it, that's about it, that's the only similarity, turns out this is an original story, it's also not directed by Tim Burton, so... Oh my god. Uh, anyway, so I'm watching it. It's like it's it's really shitty and she goes to Underland and they're like, "Oh, bad news. The Mad Hatter, played by Johnny Depp, is uh he's really sad about something. He's sad because his family is dead." Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you have to find some way to cheer me up." And she's like, "How could I do that? They're dead." He's like, "Well, you have to bring them back from the dead." And uh so they go to a pet cemetery, and, uh, no, they don't do that. But, uh, what other thing? Oh, yeah, she's like, the only way that I could save them is if I get the chronosphere, which will allow me to go back through time. Uh, this movie is almost two hours. <laughs> I just, all I'm thinking about is the fucking what we do in the shadows scene where they try to bring their dead friend back. <laughs> so, you know who, well, here's the thing, time is an actual character. And time is played by Sasha Baron Cohen, oh who's God. dressed like. <laughs> this, this isn't real. He's, I'd like he's to dress... apologize for this. <laughs> he's dressed like Doctor Ed Tropy from Crash Bandicoot Warped. Oh no! <laughs> and uh, how good is he in this movie? Well, it's a slight step up from his performance, like Miserab. He was in Les Mis. He, he was. Uh, th- he was the Nardier. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Right, yeah, Uh, yeah. So, sorry that maybe I'll cut that joke. I guess it didn't land. Um, Anyway, she steals the chronosphere because the queen, played by Helena Bonham Carter. Of course. Oh, God, comes. Oh, God, I kept thinking about that. Anyway, she steals the chronosphere, goes back in time, and oh, turns out his family got killed by a dragon. Here's the thing about this one of the things that makes this movie kind of suck is I don't know if you guys ever, like, watched. Like, watch the original Disney version of Alice in Wonderland. It's actually a pretty good movie, and the reason that it's a good movie is because the original book was like, look what you can do with fantasy. Fantasy is not just Evans walking with the elves. It's like you can do all sorts of nonsensical things that are impossible. But 
your mind is the limit. Just use your imagination. Just write a whole bunch of things that don't make sense. That's like the fun of it. That's like the fun of the original animation. Like if you go back to, I guess on HBO Max, like the original Looney Tunes, the, the reason those things are animated is because you can do things in animation that you can't do in real life. And that's the really cool, fun part about it. That's why the 1951 version of Alice in Wonderland is still a good movie. This is all live action and some really, really awful looking CGI. Like, ugly cgi people are like oh it's tim burton that's his style this is not his style it's and again he's only the producer so no excuses if i had to look at tweedledee and tweedledum the way they look like they look like the fucking ogre from ogre um, <laughs> <laughs> also this was the last movie to feature alan rickman and it sounds like it. Oh, Come on, man. <laughs> he plays a butterfly. The ugliest looking butterfly I've ever seen in my life. Why'd you have to drop that? Oh, yeah. The, the other thing is, like, I, I hope I'm not going too long about this, but Anne Hathaway is in it as the White Queen. Why is she going to be white? And she is Kate Blanchetting her way through the movie. If I had my camera on, I would just describe the way that she's holding her arms it's like her they're constantly cocked up like okay like do a t-rex pose and like move the arms outward and she's just doing that for the entire movie and like why is she acting like galadriel here and she's a former oscar winner although she won her oscar for les miserables so yeah i'm gonna have to go ahead and throw the challenge flag on that one yeah (laughs) i was gonna say it's like well she won it for the year 2012 so not just les miserables but also the dark knight rises so at least one good movie in there um yeah this uh this movie sucks it blows and i hate it so thank you parker so much (laughs) now secrets lie on snake way yeah now here's a secret that I would like I would like you to explain because you sent me a list of all the movies on Snake Way and this one just says because dot 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 I watched Kangaroo Jack. I feel like that was pretty clear. There's like one reptile in the entire King movie. Kai hangs out with that little monkey. Little monkeys are kind of like kangaroos. Like Snake, like the the Forbidden Planet or whatever the fuck is kind of like Australia. I get it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty straightforward. I just wanted you to watch Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> First of all, Jerry O'Connell. He just looks like that now, right? Yeah, like a Correct. kangaroo. No, he was a human. They're all but like the his face, it just it's it's in that like permanent rectus. It's it's just going to look like that for the rest of his life, and that's I don't know. I feel kind of bad for him. I'm more turned off by the weird pouch he has to keep his child in. <laughs> I'm turned off by young Michael Shannon. Oh, I don't want to see that. Uh, yeah, no, you don't. I don't even have a joke for that. That just sounds that, that fucked sounds up. Sounds horrifying. Yeah. Um, God, Anthony Anderson is so dumb in this movie. He's just—he's like a black curly from the Three Stooges. He's just ruining everything. You just, said oh curly. wait, there was one scene. You said curly, what? and my brain pictured carrot top, and I think that's way funnier. No, chairman of the board is a future episode. Parker agrees. Uh, the no. one, <laughs> the one part I liked, the one part I actually really, really liked was um, I actually thought this was genuinely funny. They they're on an airplane and they go into the bathroom and they have like a, a brown envelope that's full of money. It's fifty thousand dollars, and they're like, "Oh man, what are we gonna do with this with this money?" You know, and everything's, and it plays out like one of the silhouette scenes from Austin Powers. 
I've never so, I've never seen so much green in such a small brown package. Dude, no, let me touch it. No, 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 no. I'm going to put it in my pocket. Don't, don't kiss it. And it's it's actually it actually made me laugh. So that joke will kill in any and every context. For the record. Yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit about um, the movie itself, not just like the plot, because the plot is like whatever. Like, what am I going to say? It's fucking you know, it's whatever. It's Dude. it's just kangaroo jack. But uh, talking about the movie is somewhat interesting because I remember when it came out, I didn't see it, but, uh, I remember the trailers and they were like, look at this talking kangaroo. Won't this be funny? The kangaroo talks twice in the entire movie and <laughs> apparently audiences were furious. People were like, damn it. I want to see the talking kangaroo movie, not this gangster movie with Christopher Walken and young <laughs> Michael Shannon. <laughs> Imagine bringing, like, an an eight-year-old kid to the theater. I was 13 when this came out, I think. Imagine bringing an eight-year-old kid to the theater, and they have to see young Michael Shannon. They're looking for a talking kangaroo. Dude, I'm just imagining Godzilla vs. Kong, but, like, 80% of the runtime was just Kong talking to people. There's just no Godzilla to be seen. So... Oh yeah! By the way, every single time Kangaroo Jack shows up, it plays that. I don't. What's that song? That dun 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 dun. Whatever that like. What song is that? Is it Bittersweet Symphony? I hope. so. No, it's not. If that's the case, if that's the case, next week's episode is Kangaroo Jack. Yeah, that's not Bittersweet Symphony. It's always doing. It's like, oh wait, I'm sounding like Bittersweet Symphony, but. Whatever, they, they keep playing some, like, little snippet yum, of a song. I'm like, yum, that's a real song yum, that they're yum, playing. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> anyway, um, here's the other thing about this. And I think, Alex, uh, I think you have a little story about Kangaroo Jack when you watch uh, you watch Kangaroo Jack. And I'd like to guess that you, whenever you laugh about it, that this is the reason you're laughing about it, Okay. This was inspired by an urban legend about a pair of Boston college students on break in Australia. While driving through the outback, they accidentally hit a kangaroo with their Land Rover. Thinking they had killed it, they got out and placed the driver's Boston Red Sox jacket on the kangaroo to take a picture before moving on. (laughs) However, the kangaroo was merely unconscious and awoke in the midst of the photo taken. It broke free and took off across the outback, still wearing the Sox jacket. Along with the keys to the to the Land Rover in the pocket, is if that the reason just about that you... two dudes from Boston? I wouldn't watch the shit out of. Can you imagine if this was Mark Wahlberg and me, Chris? I have an important question. Did they have to hire Crocodile Dundee to chase down the kangaroo? No, they hired a hot chick. All right, close enough. So it's weird. I actually thought you had seen this, Alex. I, I, I guess maybe it's a Baron well, Stinson. It's been a long time. <laughs> oh, I, believe, I guess perhaps I, you were it, under it, some sort of influence. No, it has in fact been the exact same amount of time since Parker and I have seen this movie. So, <laughs> whenever Xbox Live Party Watch was a thing, is the last time we saw it at like oh. five in the morning after watching movies. <laughs> no, no, I, I can be more specific. It was immediately after watching The Shining. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Uh, if I could go back, you guys. <laughs> Watching The Shining, like, it's the wrong kangaroo jacket. I could see the sun same, coming through my fucking same. blinds. Just delirious. Watching Kangaroo Jack. Uh, also, oh, in days. case you want to put a date on this, it was 2010. So, 
Oh, yeah. I gotta lay down. Yep. That was 11 years ago. Oh, man. Alex, what did you night. watch? That was a good night. <laughs> yeah, it was. All right, so I have three movies to talk about. And all three of them happen to come from the same franchise. Now keep that in mind as I go from right now. Fuck yes, dude. All right, so Best of the Best is a movie <laughs> about a bunch of adults doing karate. I say this yes. because there's the big karate competition where they have to take down the most dastardly team in the world, the South Koreans. <laughs> and in order to do this, they have like a big fucking NFL combine, but it's karate. Now, I, I like I need to get that out in front and say this. Like, if I know that like competitive karate is probably a thing, but like I didn't know they had points. I didn't know they had judges. I didn't know there were teams. Like, this entire world is basically foreign to me. So like we're like twenty minutes in this movie, we get our hero. Julia Roberts' brother with a mullet, who, uh... Okay. Let me, let me, let me pause before I get into this. Um, now, we on this podcast love to make fun of, like, shitty soundtracks and, uh, like, shitty scores to movies and stuff. We, we've watched a lot of movies where just the score doesn't fit or the soundtrack is, like, all butt rock. But, like... All of this fucking electronic drum late 80s country in this fucking soundtrack makes me feel like the Nickelback era wasn't that bad. <laughs> it is horrendous. it is reprehensible in the funniest way possible. Because like Synth the, drum country? The songs like don't overstay their welcome. Like, I'm sure I could remember them if I really put my mind to it, but that's not what y'all are here for. However, there is, like, an hour into this movie, just a straight-up knockoff of Eye of the Tiger was set for this movie, <laughs> and it is unbelievably good. Anyway, we get back to our hero, Mullet Eric Roberts. You see, here's what we know about Mullet Eric Roberts. He works at a factory in Oregon. He's a single dad. His kid sucks ass. <laughs> and he used to be good at karate until he fucked up his shoulder. Hold on to that thought. So he gets invited to the Karate Combine. He goes there. He meets our other heroes. Tommy Lee, who we will later find out had his brother murdered in karate by the Korean team. Murdered in karate. Uh, we have the cowboy character. Now, Chris, if I were to ask you, just out of the blue, to guess what city the cowboy was from... How many cities would you guess before you got to Miami, Florida? Oh, like 16. <laughs> Follow-up question. Who would you guess played a rootin' tootin' cowboy from Miami? I don't know. When did this movie come out? 89, I think. 88 or Something 89, like yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ooh, we were looking for Chris Penn. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And your follow-up question is like, wow, I remember him in Reservoir Dogs. Did he get in shape for it? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Now, uh, there are two other characters on the karate team who I will only refer to as they are referred to in the movie. The nerd and the Italian guy. <laughs> we get a scene where... Okay, before we get to the bar scene, <laughs> the coach of the, the U.S. men's karate team... James Earl Jones somehow 
<laughs> what? Okay. He gives them their spiel about how, you know, they belong to him for the next three months. And they're about to have their last free night out. So they go to the bar. And, you know, they're all at the bar. They're macking on women. Our cowboy is standing outside the bar asking women as they pass, hey, number one or number two? Because apparently that's a pickup line that works. Uh, we have the nerd working his nerd magic by spilling coffee on women and then talking about nerd shit. And then the Italian guy stumbles up and goes, I don't get it. My game's just not working here. And uh, they're like, yeah, man, I don't know. He's like, yeah, but I'm Italian. And it's <laughs> immaculate. They, of course, get into a gigantic bar fight. You know, whatever. Yada, yada, yada. They train for karate. Some stuff happens. The movie takes like a million turns that I'm not going to talk about that much. Because this is one million percent a future episode. Oh, yeah. But uh, they go to karate. They go to the karate tournament in Korea where they have to fight against the big bad Korean team. And of course, it's an 80s movie. So every time that you see the Korean team before they fight, it's like a montage of them like deadlifting four people or punching themselves in the nuts or just whatever insane shit you can think <laughs> that people would be doing in training. Like, honestly, this movie has the exact same energy as Beer Fest. If you think about like all the German training montages and like how <laughs> shitty the American team is, like it is... Almost to a T. Like, I, I understand so much more about one of my favorite movies after having watched this. It's almost like watching them train on King Kai's planet. They're just, like, punching <laughs> each other's chest in a waterfall. It's, it's so cool. It is incredibly good. <laughs> they get to Korea. They're in the tournament. We get this dramatic scene. The American team is down. Eric Roberts, who is winning his match, gets his shoulder absolutely fucking mutilated by this Korean guy. And we get, like, a three-minute scene of him yelling, No! No! Push it back in! Push it back in! And then he knocks the guy out with a flying kick. With the fucking no shoulders. It's so good, dude. That fucking mullet ponytail he's rocking in that final battle is... It is... Chef's kiss. Incredible. And we get to the final fight of the tournament, which is Tommy Lee against the guy that killed his brother. And this is the other thing I need you to keep note of going forward. This will be a major plot point throughout the series. You see, all throughout training, Tommy Lee was holding back. But when he sees this guy, he just turns into a bloodlusted killing machine. He just cannot resist the, resist the urge to do murder. So they're like, they get within one point, and if he knocks out the other guy, they're going to win. But also if he knocks out the other guy, he is definitely going to die somehow. I, don't worry about it. So he, he, he holds back. He's very happy about it. He's like, I didn't kill you. They, the Americans lose. Then they go to the medal ceremony and they all become friends. The end. Because it's an 80s movie, right? So best of the best two. Oh my god, dude. We're in Las Vegas. There's an underground oh fighting ring run by Brackus, who is approximately seven feet tall. <laughs> Now, when I say the giant German from Beerfest, it is literally Brackus. <laughs> he is a fucking monster of a human he being. He is enormous. <laughs> so our good friend the Texan from the first movie decides to compete in this underground fighting tournament and gets fucking murdered in front of Eric Roberts' kid. I watched this at 3 in the morning on Cinemax and in, like, high school, and I've never forgotten this movie. <laughs> it's, 
incredible. Hey, Chris, you remember when we watched, uh, uh, fuck, what's the, the Arnold movie with the annoying fucking kid? Why am I blanking? Oh, is that, uh, that's, uh, Last Action Hero. Yes. You guys, you guys remember how also annoying that, that fucking kid was in Last Action Hero? Absolutely. Imagine that kid with the Jonathan Taylor Thomas haircut. <laughs> and that's the kid subplot in this movie. And boy, is there a lot of it. Because the entire plot of this movie is there's this underground fighting ring and their friend got murdered. So they have to get in there and, and uh, you know, get revenge. We find out like five minutes into the movie what kind of movie it is. Because Brackus yells at one of his security guards for having a gun because guns are for pussies. <laughs> and then like an hour later, there's just all sorts of shooting. Because why have consistency oh. in your movie? <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. This, this movie, also a future episode. Oh my! It's it might be a future episode before the first. One. <laughs> they're they're both incredibly good, but in this we get Tommy Lee's bloodlust back as he just continuously murders opponents in the secret underground Vegas fighting ring, run by Wayne Newton. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Chris, remember when you watched Amazing Spider-Man 2 and despite not seeing it in years, I could just run through it plot point by plot point? <laughs> that is me with this movie. It imprinted on me so hard because I could not believe what I was seeing. Holy shit. So, I guess this is my future. So the, it's real good. The catch of this movie is uh, if you beat all the fighters in the underground ring, you get to fight the champion, who is Brackus. And if you beat Brackus, you now own the nightclub. So he's naturally very, very uh, invested in not having that happen. So he sends all his goons out to try and murder uh, Eric Roberts and our good friend Tommy Lee and also Eric Roberts' kid. And uh, they just do martial arts on guys with guns for like an hour. <laughs> There's a fight with a guy with nunchucks. They beat on each other with metal poles. Like, it's it's real good. As <laughs> I love this movie so much, dude. <laughs> it is incredibly good and incredibly stupid, especially when you watch these back-to-back -back and you go, like, wait a minute. Like, 80 minutes ago, we were fighting the Koreans for honor and gold medals, and now there's just <laughs> wanton murder going on. Like, I remember it was a school night. I was like, I'll just put something on TV to fall asleep to, whatever this is. And I'm like... Well, Chris Penn just got murdered by a giant German guy. I'm going to keep watching. And then it got to the point where they go to train at his Native American relative's <laughs> farm to train to fight to the death. And I was just sitting upright in my bed of like, whatever, man. If I'm tired, I'm tired tomorrow. I need to see how this plays out. Yeah, so uh, Tommy Lee, our hero of Korean ancestry from the first movie, is also a native. And they go to his native farm. And then they fight against his drunk native brother or cousin or fucking something. I don't know. And it's like a 40-minute thing. And then the, the goons come and burn down their village. Don't worry about it. So best of the best three. <laughs> this is the first movie in the series with a different director. And the director is also the actor who plays Tommy Lee. And also, he's fighting neo-Nazis alongside Sheriff Shooter McGavin. <laughs> like, I was going to stop watching the series. Until I click that IMDb page. And, I mean... How can you not? I'm not gonna not? Like, of course it's bad, but... Come on. We got a podcast to fill out every week, folks. So, right. there's a neo-Nazi cult out in 
fucking Oregon or something that's run by Arlie Ermey. But see, Arlie Ermey just wants to live away from the other races. He doesn't want to kill them. But his neo-Nazi flunkies won't stand for that. So they murder him, and they take over, and then Tommy Lee and Shooter McGavin have to go kill all the neo-Nazis. <laughs> this is like... I, I think. <coughs> Look, let me put it this way. Like, there's an extremely fucking saccharine, melodramatic neo-Nazi plot about this teenager that joins them that's going on throughout the whole movie, which sucks and brings the whole movie down. Because, like, why would I want to watch that in the movie I just described? But also, he has, like, the shittiest mop of blonde hair that, like, you're kind of rooting for him to join the skinheads just so he can shave it. <laughs> he looks like white Cisco. It's offensive. <laughs> like, you remember back when the fappening happened and they tried to pin it on that 14-year-old kid with the doofy fucking hair? Oh That's who he God. looks like. It's I, I don't... That is, yeah, that is a pull right I, there. I, it's yeah. what I thought of, man. What do you want me to say? So, like, again, I watch these movies back to back to back. So in my mind, as we're meeting this neo-Nazi, I'm two hours removed from the fighting tournament. Like, (laughs) just wondering how the fuck we got here. And this is yet another movie where Tommy Lee's bloodlust is a major plot point. Because he has to be forcibly stopped from murdering neo-Nazis repeatedly. It is the only connective tissue in this entire fucking franchise. It's just how badly Tommy Lee, who two and a half hours ago was teaching karate to 12-year-olds, wants to murder neo-Nazis. <laughs> Shooter McGavin has to stand and be like, no, no, we can't stoop down to their level. And he just wants blood on his hands. That's all he wants is dead Nazis. <laughs> Like, and, and it's, like, so fucking egregious, because, like, Shooter McGavin's wife and kids get attacked at the ice cream parlor by dudes wearing ski masks with baseball bats, and he's like, no, we gotta respect the rule of law, da 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 and it's like, fucking get to the good part, you know why we're here, like, who do you think your audience is? I remember watching it and being legitimately surprised at how many things blew up on the third oh, act. There were so it's many. Real good use of a small budget. There were a lot of trucks exploding for such a direct to video nineties ass karate movie. Do you like like are these pyrotechnics companies still in business now that the movies don't need them anymore? Because like if they're we'll find if they're one. not, we might have found our company. <laughs> yeah, we'll just blow shit up for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> It's because it is. It's just a complete saccharine. Like, oh my god, you've lost your way, my boy. I love you, Tommy Lee. You have to save him. You can't let him fall down that road. To just nonstop murder and explosions for a good ten, fifteen minutes. <laughs> they really backloaded it. You leave with a smile on it's your true. face, which is important. I like. They stick the landing. I definitely was like nodding off in like the middle third of the movie, just like, oh fuck, I don't know if I can, st- I can hang on to watch this. And then the explosions start, and you're like, oh, never mind. We're back in. <laughs> Anyway, I will be reporting next week on Best of the Best 4, because I do not that, have any No, time. okay, you can't just make up movies for the podcast. We've <laughs> talked about this. Look, so here's the thing. Best of the Best 4 is not good, but also it involves... Uh, Tobin Bell is a Russian gangster, and a girl steals a computer disc from him with important information. And uh, Tommy Lee and Detective Ernie Hudson have to team up to stop him. <laughs> you could do a lot Man, worse. Speaking of computer discs, I would be remiss to mention 
that the first best of the best movie has like a stat cuck on the karate team and it's just some dweeb walking around with like a portfolio of floppy disks on like the analytics of the korean team and just thinking about that stats and karate do you count the number of karate chops dude i don't fucking know Parker, you did like karate. In the first Fast and the Furious movie, that gets murked when he <laughs> doesn't give up his car and when he loses the race. <laughs> That's him. It's Parker, what like, were your like, stats like for Taekwondo? It just made me think about draft. Uh, not great. It's <laughs> <laughs> John Goodman <laughs> meme draft Twitter <laughs> counting the number of karate chops. <laughs> God damn, dude. Best of the best one, like... I've mentioned a lot. It's like less than half the plot points. That movie is just chock full of stupid. I appreciated it so much. They really don't make just it like the way they I like it. <laughs> All right, Parker, what did you watch, buddy? Unfortunately, I did not watch Best of the Best Two. There's a... But I watched DOA Dead or Alive. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you like titties? Hey, Chris, do you hear something that'll blow your mind? Let's hear it. This was in theaters. Wait, what? I don't believe that. That's not true. Not many, but it was released into 500 theaters, and I would have bet my entire life savings that, no, there's no possible way. This went straight to DVD in fucking China. There's no way anyone saw this in the theater. (laughs) Can you imagine being one of the people who saw this in theaters? Now, when I saw Director of the Transporter, (laughs) I I recalibrated my expectations. So, uh, the main character is Kasumi from the games, who is, of course, the Asian girl from Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh. That's fair. And, uh, alongside her are a bunch of white women who can't act, and also Tina Armstrong, played by Jamie Presley, who I know mostly from Not Another Teen Movie. Uh, uh, Parker. The Bring It On uh, Parker, have you played the uh, Dead or Alive games? Because I've never played those. I only played two. I had it on the PS2. Oh. That's alright. It wasn't my thing. Yeah, okay, so when you say the names, I'm, I'm unfortunately the reference is going over my head. They're, all the women have their titties out in those games. That's all you need to know. Alright, never mind. I'll, I'll check them out. Which we will get to. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, daddy. Now, an important thing to remember from the games is that uh, Tina Armstrong, she has a very possessive father who is a pro wrestler. So in this movie, her dad is, of course... Big sexy Kevin Nash, <laughs> someone Chris, you're very familiar with. <laughs> yeah, in, in the longest yard, he takes estrogen and becomes more womanlike. Oh, that's not real. That hurt me that you said that to me. Isn't, so there's yeah. a tournament on an island because of course there is. Now, how do you think they all get there? Do they all get their invitations and they go on these journeys? Or do we just smash cut to all of the fighters just sitting on an airplane together? They're just on. <laughs> if you guess the latter, <laughs> you'd be. My great. grandfather's deck has no pathetic cards. <laughs> <laughs> it owns that Chris gets that now. Yeah. What a good <laughs> use of a wish, dude. It pays off in dividends. <sighs> so. I want you to just imagine being me watching this. And obviously it sucks. Like, you know it's going to suck, but it's fine. And we get to the island, and it's like, all right, who put the tournament together? And out walks Eric Roberts. (laughs) (laughs) Big week on the show for him. (laughs) Evidently. Yugi boy. 
<laughs> I mean, you are not far <laughs> off. So, look, all the fights happen. The fights aren't great, but at least they're trying to be overly stylish like movies in the late 2000s did. So, like, it's at least something to look at, even if it kind of sucks. Hey, Chris, uh, you remember the Dead or Alive Extreme Beach volleyball games? I remember the trailer for it, yeah. Well, so does this movie. Because <laughs> we're just taking that song detour to that. Of course, we get uh, two blonde girls fighting in the rain because, hey, you gotta get you gotta get those rentals going. And we get near the end of the movie and find out Eric Roberts' nefarious plan. Now, stick with me here. He kidnaps all these fighters and he downloads their... Let's just call it fighting data because we don't get a real good explanation of what it is. So that's what's on the floppy disk from fa- from uh, best of the best three. So you fucking pretty you think much. Uh, you think they managed to download Eddie Gordo's fighting style? Because if they had that, they don't need the other ones. <laughs> you can't exactly. just emulate that. You have to feel it. <laughs> so it uploads all of their fighting ability or whatever into a device. And that device is a pair of sunglasses. And then Eric Roberts puts them on and fights a ninja. Oh my god. <laughs> this movie isn't good. But also, <laughs> Eric Roberts fights a ninja. And by Eric Roberts, I mean every time he throws a kick, we get a quick cut to a faraway shot where you can't see his face. <laughs> There's a lot of clever cutting for every single scene he's in. He filmed all of it in probably two days. Got more money than anyone else here. And it is just... It is just wretched. (laughs) (laughs) To the surprise of absolutely no one. Uh, Hey, you know what's really easy to kick off someone's head? Glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a pretty stupid fucking... Takes Ex Machina for the whole movie to revolve around. I was expecting it to like get downloaded into a robot or something. That's way stupider. Nope, just it's just the glasses, and he wears them and fights ninjas, and then they all like quadruple team him, and then they just kick the glasses off his head, and then he's just fifty year old Eric Roberts. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thumbs down. Not very good. So uh, being me, I decided. Well, I gotta pair this with something. So I downloaded the live-action Tekken movie. (laughs) (laughs) I've been curious about this. I've been a little curious. So, I forgot to write down the guy's name because I'm a piece of shit. Hey, Hachi. But the guy that plays Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat. Oh. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, he plays Hey, Hachi. (laughs) So, like, we're at a minimum two stars no matter what (laughs) because... No matter how shitty the movie is, he just has a presence. Yes. And they gave him the Heihachi hair. Yes. You're starting at a pretty good spot. Chris, we say Tekken about a thousand times. (laughs) Everything in this movie is Tekken. We're a Tekken city, and they have Tekken tech, and the Jacks patrol Tekken, but the Jacks don't look like the Jacks from the games, because of course they don't. Here's the biggest problem with this movie. Because the only one, only people who are going to watch this movie are people who know what Tekken is. So, Heihachi's in control of the company. Kazuya wants control from him. And our main character that we follow is Jin. Literally anyone who's ever played Tekken knows that Jin is Kazuya's kid. We'd take about an hour to get that reveal. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, like, man. If you, if you see this movie and go, oh yeah, I know that. You know that already. 
You've known that since Tekken 3, which was many, many consoles ago. That's a PS1 game, yep. yep. It sure is. It's still my number three game of all time. Only one glancing fucking mention of Paul Phoenix. What? So we're minus what? two stars what? again. It's actually kind of funny because this came out in the late 2000s. And like a lot of martial arts movies at the time, it tries to like include like hot shit UFC fighters. But even at the time, it's like Roger Huerta wasn't shit. Like that dude never won a title. He was like a fucking gatekeeper at best. And that was their big get for this movie to be a character... I've never heard of because he debuted in Tekken 6 and I didn't play Tekken 6. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's similar to Dead or Alive. We all get there and then it's a tournament and then people fight and people fight. Some fights look better than others. Most of them don't look great. Uh, big problem here is that uh, Brian Fury, Chris, I'm sure a character you're familiar with. Yes. He, he has bio enhancements and mm-hmm. we are told specifically we have to keep this a secret because cyber, like cyborgs can't enter the tournament. That's cheating. It's like we'll steroids. Yeah. yeah. Immediate jump cut to Yoshimitsu walking to the ring with a sword. <laughs> so, absolutely fucking great job, everyone. <laughs> it is... Alright, so I need to watch Tekken. In- Got it. Yeah. It's not... Also, nary a mention of Kazi being thrown into a volcano. Which, if you're going to make a Tekken movie... And no one's getting thrown into volcanoes. Why even bother buying the rights to do it? It was... Fine. <laughs> you could probably do a lot worse. As someone who's seen both of the Street Fighter movies, you could do worse. As someone who has King of Fighters on his desktop but has not watched it yet, you can do worse. They made a movie out of that? Buddy, let me just throw this at you. The director of this one, known for directing the films Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers... Oh. Free Willy 2, Murder <laughs> at 1600, and Marked for Death, a future episode underlined three 1,000%, times. <laughs> 1,000%, yes. And Chris, do you want to know what movie he made right before Tekken? Marked for Death? Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood. Oh, Hunt. God. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, do you remember a couple weeks back you described your experience with Kong Skull Island, where you could have sworn you'd uh-huh. seen it and then you turned it yep. on i had that exact experience yesterday watching the wolf of wall street really <laughs> i thought for like the last like five years like yeah i've seen that and i never wanted to go back to it anytime since like it's three hours it's a commitment and i'm watching and i'm like wait a second i don't remember that scene okay i remember this scene i don't remember did that you watch scene. it on tv there's a lot they would have cut out for tv <laughs> no <laughs> i realized like i don't know if I just like watched part of it and fell asleep, or I was at someone's house, or I was drunk, or a combination, but I had not seen it start to finish like I thought I had. What a great fucking uh, movie! Yeah, it turns out it's, turns out it's really yep. good. Yeah. <laughs> My one regret is that I did not like think ahead of time to double feature this with Pain and Gain, <sighs> which is also a future episode, maybe next week. We're busy next week. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Chris doesn't know yet. Oh. But now that I've sat down and watched it its entirety, can we just do like a 45-minute podcast about the Quaid scene? Because <laughs> it's one of the most incredible pieces of acting I've ever seen. I'm so life. happy that they paired that with the Popeye music. I, <laughs> it's a masterpiece. I don't know how anyone can try to cancel Leo after seeing that scene. It's perfect. It's... No one else could do that. I actually think he's the only person alive that could pull that scene off. 
Also, if you watch this movie and think that it glorifies that lifestyle, maybe you're just stupid. I mean, like, I've accepted. I'm I mean, okay, no. I can you're say either it. In, to be fair, there's a lot of stupid people. I mean, there. you're either an idiot or you're a finance bro, which means you're also That's an idiot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I can freely admit, yeah, I'm dumb as shit. I can't read books. I'm dumb as hell. That's fine. But to watch this and be like, yeah, I couldn't finish it. It really just glorifies that behavior. It's like, I mean, okay, I guess. Hey, Parker, if you think it's surprising that people think that it glorifies the lifestyle, think about all the people who watch Glengarry Glenn Ross and think that Alec Baldwin's character is, like, someone they want to be. Dude, you don't even have to go that far. Just, like, open Twitter. Or that, yeah. yeah. So that was a nice surprise waiting for me. I don't know what convinced me to put it on. I think I was going to watch it a couple weeks ago with all the GameStop shit going on. And I was like, oh, that's three hours. I don't want to rewatch that. But it just stayed in my head like, I should rewatch that. And then it turned out it's for a good reason because I hadn't actually seen it all the way through. My ex watched it with her parents and that must have been a story. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, my ex watched Crank with her parents. I don't know, I'm sure which one's worse. <laughs> should rewatch Crank. <laughs> Absolutely. The last thing I want to talk about... So I'm glad you guys had a great Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> to see my two friends hanging out together. Delicious queso, apparently. That sounds great. Really Watching queso. the big game. Everyone hanging out. All my friends. And I'm seeing y'all just living the high life. And I look over at my two monitors. On one screen, I have Discord. Where my good friends are complaining about female refs. And posting Babylon B links and being like, "Hey, I'll check this shit out." I did. Women are fucking stupid, right? And on my other monitor is Tank Girl. God. Oh my god! Wait a second. Did I see? I, I think. Oh wait, never mind. I'm thinking of a different thing. Yeah, I saw Tank Girl. I only assigned it to you, didn't we? So, <laughs> for like half the movie, I'm like, I don't hate this, but it's could not be less for me. I find this completely aggravating, but, like, you know, sometimes you just watch a movie, you're like, well, this is 100% not made for me. Maybe there's a different Mandela universe where I'd like this. Uh, right, I'm just yeah. not clicking with it. Yeah. It's fine. Like, the world actually looks cool. Like, I like all the set designs. Yeah, the sets, yeah. for me. It's very 90s that way. And then those fucking kangaroo <laughs> monsters <laughs> are the worst things. I didn't know there was more than one. And I didn't know they would talk so fucking much. Oh my god, you guys. I hate this movie. (laughs) This movie just, like, you're fine with it, and you're fine with it, you're trying to justify it, and, like, you know, you're listening to the voice, you're like, well, I'm sure a lot of people from Brooklyn in the year 3000 are going to talk like this. And, like, you try to make your peace with it, but it just wears you down with how much it sucks. I think it's more annoying than anything else, is what it is. I completely made peace of, like, if I was a girl in the 90s, like, how many movies where you get to be, like, a cool, take control everything character do you fucking get? You get this, and you get pandering shit like fucking G.I. Jane. It's like, yeah, I would have probably latched onto this, too. It's not for me, but not everything has to be for me. And then it just, oh my god, you're just begging for it to end. And there's so many kangaroo monsters. Oh, Parker, Parker, you like songs, right? No, <laughs> not anymore. The song like they sing in this movie, in the middle of this movie, for no reason. Oh 
Just think, you like Cole Porter, right? That's he's your favorite one. You have his collection of tunes. Yeah, man. I love bumping them in my car <laughs> when I drive into a guardrail. <laughs> like I said, hey guys, it's cool to like a movie. If you watch this in the '90s and it like it spoke to you, I love that for you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And for like a good 50 minutes, it was just a like. This is kind of a bummer because I was hoping to like you know do something with this for the show, but like it's just kind of annoying. But whatever, it's like it's not that much worse than fucking Harley Quinn. Like I just don't like this type of humor. And then then <laughs> it just a whole new level. Man, I don't want to hear fucking complaints. It could have been so much worse. They cut out the prosthetic penis. Why are those kangaroo things trying to dry hump them? Why do they look like that? I love like that there's that? just like a scene where one of the kangaroos is talking to a human woman about how they're going to have sex. Like, cool. Thanks, movie. Don't you that love the boyfriend. scene where they go to the whorehouse and they're like, Hey, child, get in there and get fucked. It's kind of <laughs> sick. Thanks, movie. Really appreciating this. <laughs> hey, child. That reminds me, I'm sorry, that just reminds party. me of fucking Pootie Tay. was like, and this is Kid, the dumbest kid in town. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are eating delicious queso off of Alex's feet and I'm watching these goddamn monsters hop around and fuck the chick from Point Break like what am I supposed to do with that I forgot what she do was I do Point with Break. my Sunday that fucking movie the game on next to it just being a complete shit show looking from that to the Babylon Bee like I <laughs> Sunday broke me, you guys. <laughs> you know, the good news is that like when Joel posted that Babylon Bee pig, you and I had the exact same reaction. This motherfucker just posted the Babylon Bee. Yeah. Like, I deadass opened a text to you. I started typing. I was like, he's having a good time. There's no need to put this on him. Like, there's... there's let him enjoy his day. I will suffer in peace. I'll tell him about it later. Turns out it's there's way more no fun to, to like, watch oh. the game and just every once in a while just randomly bomb in there with good call and then close the tab. Yeah. <laughs> It's so like, my, my friends are all hanging out together, drinking and eating and having fun. Like, why am I going to be like, this motherfucker just linked the Babylon Bee. He was like, guys, women do in fact be weird about their feelings, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay, he can say that because he's married. <laughs> I fucking hate movies, you guys. Just the... So that was my day. <laughs> Chris, I understand that they watched Biodome afterwards and you decided not to watch with them. <laughs> That is correct. Yeah, yeah they were trying cookies. really hard to get me to stay, and I was just like, no. I wouldn't say we tried that hard. I can't believe we skipped out on fresh cookies. <laughs> you got up to go, and I was like, oh, you're leaving? You're like, yeah, I'm just going to go. It's like, all right, see ya. I was like, you know what? We should watch Moonwalker instead. You know, Michael Jackson literally turns into a car in that movie. You're like, what? Yeah, I'm it was a compelling argument. I forget what else happens in there. I forget had... what else is in that movie. That wasn't enough to override the appeal of Polly Shore. But unfortunately, I had already talked to Parker. And told him about your face when I asked you if we were really doing Biodome. <laughs> as soon as you told me how upset he looked, I immediately downloaded <laughs> The problem was, I was more upset with myself than anything else, is that I couldn't immediately say, no, 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 we're going to watch. And I had nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. like, alright, let's just get this over I with. didn't even like the movie, but just, your suffering has really carried me through it. And this is I what I get for the three-hour episode last cookies, week. Dude. Fresh, like, I would watch a fucking beheading video if someone had fresh cookies there. <laughs> what is your deal? Not sure. I forgot. You, I did. They didn't. They didn't. Wait. They didn't tell me they had fresh cookies. Well, I didn't know there were gonna be cookies, and then see, 
If, and if then there I was had been cookies there, I might have that, stayed. Then I was informed that I had to help make cookies. And I did. And then we ate cookies. Oh, what an I imposition. I the opportunity to watch Biodome with a bunch of friends after, like, hooting and hollering at a football game and be like, no, nah, I'll just go watch it on my life. <laughs> meanwhile, probably, be a better experience. Meanwhile, meanwhile, turns out Josh probably enjoyed it the most out of all of us, but he said it may have been the influence of the gummies. So, I, You could have been eating gummies no, and watching Biodome. No, I'm not going to stay nah, in that drug then. <laughs> it would have helped you get through Biodome, buddy. Trust me. Oh, I bet. Well... I guess there's no way to stop it. Let's go talk about Biodome. <laughs> so my immediate thought when I turned this on was I, of course, downloaded an HD rip of it. And man, Polly Shore looks way too old to be doing this. How old was he when he, he made this like, movie? <laughs> in my mind, he's like 17 in all these movies. And I open it I'm like, this dude looks 37 years old. Why is he talking like that? Yeah, he, same thing with Stephen Baldwin, too. And I understand in a lot of these movies, you get like an adult to play a teenager. Although, they're not teenagers in the movie. They're uh, junior college. Hey, uh, not that Parker, that makes them look even appropriate, though, but still. Parker, do you want to guess how old Polly Shore was in this movie shot? Oh, man. Can I guess? Can I guess 26? Sure, you can guess. Parker, do you also want to guess? <laughs> I'll go 32. Well, Chris was closer. He's 28. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> How am I older than Polly Shore in that movie? That can't yep. be real. He looks Man, older than I do. Really. So, uh, this movie, it, it's sort of in the line of, like, Wayne and Garth, Beavis and Butthead, Bill and Ted, Cheech and Chong, Bud and Doyle. <laughs> Should we just get out of our system now? Hey guys, what sucks about being a Baldwin? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, hey, hey, that's the cold open. Nothing! So. Okay. <laughs> if we don't say it now, it's just, we're going to be blue-balled for another hour. Yeah, that's fair. So, apparently this was actually going to be a Bill and Ted movie. I think this is going to be like Bill and Ted 3 or Wayne's World 3 or something like that. Um, there's something about that, like, sort of, like, 90s slacker guy mentality. Like, I guess guys really bought into this sort of movie idea in the early 90s. I can see why. I mean, there's something that's appealing about this, but nothing appealing about these fucking guys. I'm stuck on Wayne's World 3 going from our own sh- cable access show to our own concert to what if we lived in a biodome for a year? What is that A to B to C? Just... Same, except, like, Bill and Ted. They travel through time to, like... <laughs> Do they kill themselves or something like that? And then they meet oh, God, and then they're going to go live in a biodome. My man Socrates has a sick butterfly collection. <laughs> I, I just can't get over the fact that this movie has a one on Metacritic. <laughs> it's out of 100. <laughs> Is it like golf? Is it the best movie? Yeah, yes. I think that's the way it is. Yes, goes. I think so. so. Sick. We, Good job. Now, I want to talk about hair. Now, maybe this I don't is why I like the movie. The worst. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. You're just like <laughs> living vicariously. <laughs> no, no. He's just like, see, he somehow Alex has the best hair out of all the people in this movie. <laughs> it finally happened. Honest to God, dude. When <laughs> that fucking Ghostbusters dude shows up with whatever is on his head, I'm like, you know what? That was like, oh, is a good look. that's an advanced mullet. That's was, like smuggling complicated. an extra animal into the biotome. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, then you got Stephen Baldwin's hair, the the white guy, blonde dreads, which oh my 
What the fuck, dude? This motherfucker looking like white Coolio this whole movie. It's so good. (laughs) And yet, somehow, the shittiest hair in the movie belongs to Polly Shore, which I don't even know how to describe it. I guess they were going to dye his hair red, and then someone gave up along the way or something. It's just something went wrong with that hair. That's the only way to describe it. I'm going to tell my kids that was Rob Thomas. <laughs> Sing a song. <laughs> oh my god. So the other thing about this movie, the the real problem I have with this movie is that it's so irritating. It's just like 500 milligrams of pain d- delivered directly to the ear canal and it starts with Polly Shore and his good friend Stephen Baldwin and they're playing rock paper scissors and Polly Shore wins and his laugh it's it's gonna be with me in my nightmares. It's it's overtaken he's, Marmaduke in my nightmares because it sounds like ah, 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 ah. he sounds like a SpongeBob character. He sounds <laughs> like a real SpongeBob. Person. No, like I will give this. No, you go first. Ahead. I'll give this movie one thing. You know, when the first five minutes, if you have any interest in watching Biodome or not. So while well, I, 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 I'm glad that I let you go first here because. Uh, the thing is, for me, like, the first couple minutes of this are just like, what the fuck am I watching? And then, like, your brain does the gymnastics, goes, oh, I get it now. And it just clicks into place, and you just watch the movie. At least that's how it was for me. Like, Well, good. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, you made a comparison <laughs> really off this. mic. You made a comparison off mic to uh, Freddy Got Fingered, which I think is not a good comparison at all. But the one thing that sort of... They, they, they sort of have in common here, is the opening scene, like you said, is a bit of a test. In this, you're like, it's a test to see, like, you know, are you going to enjoy it? You kind of have to get into it. Whereas in Freddy Got Fingered, it's like, it's a sign. This is going to hurt. And it's going to last for 90 minutes. You can turn it off if you want, but it's not going to get any better than this opening scene. Lo and behold, it's Polly Shore... First of all, Paul Shore runs like an idiot. And he runs and he slams a book into Stephen Baldwin's forehead. Uh, why do they do this? So they can get out of going to like uh, save the earth. Like, oh yeah, but when the jackass thing. guys do it, you think it's hilarious. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> well, they're not trying to get out of anything. Also, they don't do it like that. They do it funnier. Anyway, so their girlfriend show up. Yeah, these guys have girlfriends. Yeah, I believe it. Man, I was getting. The heaviest dude wears my car. <laughs> right, yeah, that's this good. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a good point. So, like, I guess I can, like, I, I'm a little bit bearing the lead in saying how much I like this movie. Like, if I watched this in 1996, I'm sure I would have hated it. But as somebody who, like, has memories of the 90s but wasn't really alive, like, just, it takes me back to all of these stupid things I remember from my childhood that I can't help but laugh at, because the 90s fucking sucked, and they were goddamn stupid for everybody. Absolutely. And this Correct. movie... This fucking yeah. soundtrack is... Oh, oh, oh yeah. God, oh, so, wait, they're fucking... Surviving. At one point, they just start playing, uh... Was it Psycho Billy Freakout while they're trying to have a conversation? <laughs> like, I, I honestly, and I'm not, a, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I was expecting to hear the fucking "I'm a Dude" song from Good Burger the entire time this was on. <laughs> wish, <laughs> fucking wish. Uh, so, Polly Shore is Stephen Baldwin is doing a really stupid voice. He's he's pretty much doing like that, like Looney Tunes. Which way did he go? Which way did he go? That sort of like voice the entire movie. Polly Shore is doing like a bunch of different voices, some of them in falsetto and whatever. 
And again, somehow he has a girlfriend looking like that, sounding like that. And we got to talk about his girlfriend's voice because she kind of sounds like, um... Um, it kind of sounds like this. Um, and she talks like this the entire movie. And apparently, they have sex. Not in the movie, but like, you assume that at some point they bone down and they even kiss and stuff like that. That's her real voice. Oh, so you, you, like you, were, you hated this because it reminded you of the Chipmunks <laughs> movies. I got it now. Okay. <laughs> Hey, gentle listeners out there, you ever seen Chasing Amy? It's that voice. It's all you need to know. If you've seen it, that's a part of you. Did she have any other roles? Because, like, it's Lori Petty's voice is is a lot better than this. I wish Lori Petty was in this. I Sure, why not? Would have been better than this. You know Lori Petty. She was Tanker. So. Oh, I'm aware. I am very aware, Chris. So, uh, then they start chewing on each other's toenails. I mean, haven't you? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had to clean off the remnants. I told you you missed a party, dude. <laughs> no, I... Well, yeah, I didn't do it. So, uh... They're... Oh, yeah, so their girlfriends are like, Oh, you assholes, you're not going to pick up trash with us. It's going to be a fun date idea. And they're just like, No, can we just stay here and engage in coitus? And they're just like, no, we have to go pick up trash. So they leave to go pick up trash. And they're like, oh, we'll get him back and pretend that we're being picked up by some swimmers. Skip. And Skip, I want to address this issue. This movie came uh, out in the mid-90s, and all of these fucking dumbass characters cared about was the climate. And it's 25 years later, and we're still here. Where's the beef, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, that's actually fair, but one of the things that the movie does astonishingly well is that it, it sort of points out that a lot of these like save the environment things that especially a lot of like uh, college age students get into are really just an excuse for back rubs and hacky sack this this really is a movie about how dumb people in college are and like it yeah. kind of owns so it kind of nails that one as, i will admit it nails that as someone who is 30 years old and in college right now you really see the parallels <laughs> jesus yeah. christ they're so dumb so they're driving along and like we have to get those uh, we have to get our girls back because they're going to be stealing by they So they call the swimmers grape smugglers. Yeah, is that a Cuz they joke? wear speedos. I can't yeah, No, 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 cuz they wear speedos and because uh balls. That's the problem with 90s movies that like are super 90s or like Wait, was that homophobic? <laughs> no, yeah, oh, it's, it's like not said. quite. That, oh well, speaking slur? speaking of homophobic, they drive along and they see biodome. Do you think that means it goes both ways? I don't know, but we do. Uh, <laughs> Alex liked this. Alex Correct. was a big fan of this, You're but Alex thought right. this was good. <laughs> it's like when I talk to my grandparents on my mom's side who've been in rural Kentucky their whole life. They'll say something, and I have to pause. Like, wait, was that a slur? Wait, what did you say? <laughs> What the fuck was that? It's the same vibe. It's grape smoke. Wait, hang on. What's a grape No grape one knows what it means. <laughs> so, uh, the biodome itself is, uh, much of we, much as we've described it, is um, this sort of, like, environmental facility where a bunch of scientists are going to try to live for a year with only the resources that they have available to them and see if they could, I don't know, technology their way to cure global warming or something. And... It, it doesn't look anything like a mall. I don't know how they could possibly think that. They just think it looks like a mall because, hey, they're junior college students from the 90s. Yeah, okay. 
and they have to go in there because Stephen Baldwin has to pee. That's that's the impetus for going in there. I mean, I mean go in there if I had to pee in there, and I saw a place called the Biodome. <laughs> Come on, you can't yeah, name well, it they, that they, if you don't want me to pee there. Well, they go in there, and the there's a him just the, pissing into a stream <laughs> is really funny. Oh yeah, so at one point they have to distract a guard using karate. What the fuck was that, buddy? I've seen a lot of karate this week, and this was. Not the worst. <laughs> you know what's weird is I was watching this. I'm pretty sure Polly Shore broke during the scene. He was he he cracked a smile. I'm like ah, oh, he broke character. Naughty naughty. So they get in there and I guess they're doing like a victory dance or something like that. It looks like IR Baboon's victory dance. If you remember that. <laughs> yeah. <it does>. <laughs> <laughs> they do this multiple times throughout the movie and i it's like i don't really understand what they're doing because like i understand the satire of wayne's world i understand the satire of bill and ted i understand the satire of beavis and butthead this is just like yeah teenagers are stupid you know how you know how stupid teenagers are (laughs) but actually though it's just a script that's one page long. It just says, shut up, stupid science bitch. And that's the entire I imagine Chris See, just, like, you know, cutting open people's hacky sacks on the quad. Like, oh, you're not going to play with your little bean ball. Fuck you guys. Dude, you can just peg people with that. Come on, if it's hard. This is institution for learning. <laughs> Go back to your shanties. No, Actually, my dad has a storm. No, hacky sack? <laughs> no, Bob Marley? <laughs> No wonder you love that. <laughs> You're just tearing apart people's books. <laughs> I'm sorry for how loud that was in advance, because I got right up to That's, the I'll, I'll load it. I'll do something. It's okay. I smell it in here. <laughs> smell that dank kush. Where is it? Empty your hats. Take off your toboggans. How do you expect to make the football team with this? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Everyone up to the line. We're running sprints. <laughs> Take the sandals off, mister. <laughs> Empty your toboggans. <laughs> Where is this, Alaska? Alright, so... Uh, yeah, they're doing the victory dance, and they're up there, and, uh... The, what was it? Oh, yeah, uh, they're, they're stuck in there. They're not supposed to be in there because it throws things off, but that's two extra people. That's a lot of... And they're not scientists, and it's, uh, it's a problem. And they're like, okay, look, we can't ruin the scientific integrity of this, although... You could just let them leave and let them come back. Like, come on, it's a couple seconds, right? You know, it's going to be fine. Then, Don't worry about it. Like, this plot point is so easy to do correctly, too. It's just like, nope, the doors are locked. There's nothing we can do. Sorry, guys. Exactly. And instead, yeah. it's just like, well, we could let you out. But we're not gonna because science. That's the thing. Is like the guy says to, apparently, the voice of Merv Stimpleton <laughs> says to them. If you let these guys he... out, we're going to kill your wife. Take a shit in your pool and eat all of her ribbon candy. His ribbon candy. So <laughs> they look like two motherfuckers that would skateboard in his empty pool too. Yeah. These kids are trouble. So, I bet these I mean, fuckers that's the thing know that gets me any is, prince of the netherworld. <laughs> See, that's the thing that gets me is like the guy says he dubbed a hundred million dollars in there. I'm sorry, you can pay off science. Like a hundred million dollars says a lot more than scientific integrity. I hate it, but it's true. So they're stuck in there, and they're like, well, you have to sleep in the broom closet. And uh, they get in there, and 
they only have one blanket to share. Oh, we can't share a blanket. That would be gay. And uh, they're like, okay, we'll do rock, paper, scissors for the blanket. And there's the blanket. This is, they do this the entire movie. Okay, one more time for fun. And Polly Shore wins again. <laughs> That's the voice that will be in my nightmare. So it'll play in the elevators of my personal hell. Alex like No this. blanket for you, squid. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, here's the thing about this dynamic duo is, like, think about if you're Stephen Baldwin. When, between the two of you, Polly Shore is a voice of reason, you know you're stupid. <laughs> Actually, Polly Shore, he is real. My name isn't Maurice, it's Twister <laughs> Yeah. The entire movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Stephen Baldwin time. is so dumb in this movie. It's like he's on a different plane of reality. I like how quickly we flew back to. Actually, the '90s were good. I think we're wrong. <laughs> they were stupid, but also, nah, they're pretty good. Stephen Stephen Baldwin belonged in Alice in Wonderland. Okay, he's like an Alice in Wonderland character. <laughs> Jesus! Oh, you're the expert now. Yeah, I am. Yeah, big fan here. So uh, they're they're in the biodome and they're making a mess of everything and they're doing bad things. And at one point, fucking uh, Walter Peck comes up to them and he's like, "Oh, you, whatever you do at home, you can't do here." There's like a whole bunch of things. So like, uh oh, was it gonna cut to them fucking their girlfriends? And instead, what it shows is it fucking shows them uh, shaving their dog. <laughs> and I don't get it. <laughs> Is that like good. a jo- is that a masturbation joke or something? I don't get it. No, it's just a dude yelling "shave the poochie poochie." Like, oh, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of like- flashbacks in this movie. They're just like, oh, I didn't actually want to see them when they were kids. So I have here in my notes. Every time there's a flashback, is this young Sheldon? <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. These are the two kids who would have beat up young Sheldon. <laughs> You know, this movie's actually ahead of its time, because there's like 12 different jokes about how gay and gross soy yeah. food is. Oh, I was about to say they that. Yeah, they get they, so they mad soy food. it every time. It's really strong 2018 vibes. It'll give you It'll bigger tits than Kevin there. Nash in The Longest Yard. Folks. <laughs> Regular sex <laughs> <and> Kevin Nash. <laughs> so they're stuck in there, and I guess they just don't realize it, and finally one of the scientists explains, it's like, yeah, you're you're stuck in here for a year. He's like, we're stuck in here for 12 months? Yeah. 52 weeks? Yeah. And then they say, you're telling me we're stuck in here for 385 days? And the brilliant scientist says yes. And I can't tell if they left that in as a mistake. To correct them? <laughs> Do you want to have this conversation go longer, Chris? That's, okay, that's fair. Anyway, scene? she gets frustrated and just leaves. I think she walks off set. And... They, do we ever see her again? They do this weird thing. They start like going, <laughs> which is what they do the entire movie. And Stephen Baldwin tries to headbutt the door, which he says would take a Sherman tank to tank down. So I guess he's Sherman tank now. He crashes his head into it. <laughs> Paulie Shore does the Iron victory dance. <laughs> This is like how we were by the two and a half hour mark last week. We were just making Polly Shore noises. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, okay, there is actually a part that just actually kind of broke me. Uh, and I actually did laugh out loud at it. Um, and it was, a, I guess it was intentionally funny. So it's them in like, uh, 
I don't know. It's like a jungle section of this. Is, it's like it's Zav's video game levels. Which reminds me of a joke I, I forgot to mention about Alice through the Looking Glass. Is it reminds me of uh, American McGee's Alice, which also sucked. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Who didn't fall for a goth girl in high school who's, that was their favorite game? Right. Whom among I don't want to talk I plead the So best. back to Biodome. You have some stories. Biodome. Uh, they're... They're, like, swinging on, like, ropes in the... Not even a jungle. I guess a rainforest section of the biodome. There's a rainforest in the biodome. Okay. And they're, like... Oh, they're doing, like, George of the Jungle jokes, but makes me want to watch George of the Jungle. And at one point... <laughs> at one point... I It's impossible to describe this. I wish I, I wish it was on camera for this. Although I don't have enough room here to do what Polly Shore does. Polly Shore saunters up to one of the scientists... And the way that he prances with his arm just going akimbo, I fucking lost it. <laughs> this no wonder Alex enjoyed this. Imagine doing this on gummies. I would have fucking <laughs> bet on the floor. <laughs> just, I love that this movie just broke you down like a POW. <laughs> it finally did. I finally just started cackling. I was like the grandfather in, in Silent Night Deadly this Night. Is- this is my point about this movie, though. Like, it's so goddamn relentlessly stupid that at some point it's just going to crack you. It just happened for me really, really early. Yeah, it did do it. This one, oh my god, he just... He, the way his arms... <laughs> he just... It's like... It's like somebody making fun of Rob Schneider. That's the only way I could like to describe this fucking character. I have a better one. I think that this movie is making fun of Eagles posters. This is Kate Sith and Thugs Mansion. <laughs> yeah, you're first for wins. You're in. <laughs> fucking idiot. Can we? We're gonna get falls back. Then we're gonna get falls back. Can we? Can we please talk about the scene where they find the room full of laughing gas and junk food? Okay, yeah, so they're, I don't even know why they're looking for it, but they're just like, oh, we're still stuck here, so let's just go exploring. And they happen upon a room with, I guess there's junk food in there, and nitrous oxide. And uh, nitrous oxide is also known as laughing gas, which Alex appears to have taken. And they hook up a big old canister, you know, like the mask thing that they put in your face and put it on there. And they make a reference to blue velvet. Chris, what song is playing during this scene? Oh, we have to talk about this. Um, they they play "Stuck in the Middle with You." This is this is four years after Reservoir Dogs, so it's already the Michael Madsen ear scene song, and they just yeah. play it in this fucking movie. I would rather have my ear cut off by Michael Mann than watch this scene. I'll tell you that much, dude. I. <laughs> <laughs> just that prior knowledge as I'm watching this movie fucking destroyed me. <laughs> Cause you know like imagine in your mind the kind of person that goes to see Biodome in theaters in nineteen ninety six. Like seventy percent of those people have seen every Tarantino movie to that point. There's no way they have it, because look at them. Like they know what this yeah, is they- for. <laughs> I like that in this universe, Polly Shore is one of the dumbest people to ever exist, but also is a huge <laughs> <Velvet> fan. 
<laughs> you like the scene where he takes the nitrous, nitrous and rapes that woman? Ah, buddy. <laughs> they just eat a bunch of cheese. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, I, I guess it's also trying to like satirize teenagers and be like, oh, you know teenagers. You know how much I like junk food and nitrous oxide. Uh, yes. <laughs> Correct. Yes to both. <laughs> I would love some nitrous oxide. <laughs> I have to yeah. Um, anyway, then they have to eat soy, and they're like, "Oh, I don't like soy casserole." And then he's like, "Oh, I'm like a mom." And then he just does this weird voice, and he just does some dumb face. I could just say that over and over for the rest of the movie. It's just yeah. totally appropriate. Yeah, you don't have to tell the jokes. We, yeah, uh, exactly. I don't really. We've, need to. We've, we've left out many of them, including uh, my favorite. Well, let's hear it. Go ahead, God spit damn it. it out. <laughs> Why can't I find? <laughs> So, oh, fuck, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wrote this down. Where's it at? God damn it. I'm trying to think of what it it's was. It's the yeah. fucking Romulus joke. I, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, well. This crap tastes like it came out of Romulus. Maybe it did. Says, <laughs> so like, the nerdy scientist guy. Like, like who wrote that joke for Stephen Baldwin in this movie? <laughs> the absolute fucking nerd. <laughs> it's like, this movie is for dumb people that think they're smart. Which is why I love it. <laughs> Alright. Man. This movie is why women hate men. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Tank girls. I thought, it was, women, <laughs> I thought it was because we didn't agree with their football calls, but <laughs> that too. Okay, so um, yeah, she's the fucking weasel out there throwing flags on these gimme plays. It's whatever. So they're in what they think is a hot tub, but it's actually a rain maker or something like that. They're going Marco Cholo. This is a joke. Um. They just, they're like yelling this too. It's like really loud. Um, at one point, they they make like a fruit smoothie with all the fruit harvest, which is wasteful. I'm like, it's, it's literally just the strawberry jacuzzi joke from fucking Good Burger. I don't know which came oh, off right, first, yeah. but as someone we who do still a Good Burger episode, if we haven't, we need to. I think we did. Like I know I've talked about it on the podcast. So. I mean, I know I've talked about Good Burger a thousand times in my life. But I don't know if yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah we can go again. So actually, I, I don't want to talk about the boys anymore for obvious reasons. So let's talk about their girlfriends. Their girlfriends are like, well, a year without Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin, how will we survive? Who will fill our canals? So they decide that they're going to look for like other men at the junior college who want to help save the environment. And it's just like a parade of different people who are just like. Fake save the environment parties. Can we can, and, we can we pause this to first talk about like their job? Which is like, do they do they have jobs? They they're both taking care of this strange old man who hurt his gallbladder rollerblading, and they're like giving oh, him a sponge bath and stuff. I mean, I'm assuming they're not doing that for no reason, right? I think I missed that scene. Well, he comes back when he brings pizza to the boys at the biodome. So, so wait, I was actually going to address that. So, okay. wait, here's a weird thing about the movie is maybe my video file skipped. And I know my video file skipped at one point. It was, like, obvious. Because I've seen most of those before. Like, wait, you skipped that scene. Anyway, this guy, I, I thought he was, like, uh, 
she's like, hey, mom, your love slave is down here, and you, you've got old, like, the this beer all over the house. And I was like, wait, is that her stepdad or something? Is that what they're doing with this? Like, this feels like a sequel to a movie that was never made. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to know who that this guy, guy is. is so fucking funny. <laughs> okay, wait, he does also, have the... because I just watched The Last Boy Scout, like, two weeks ago, and he's one of the main villains. <laughs> he actually does have, like, the funniest line in the movie, where um, he brings the boys pizza, right? And they're like, uh, wait, um... What was it? It was like, uh, I want to word it right. I kind of get the wording right here. It's like, uh, how did you get a job? Fucking Bill Clinton. You had <laughs> sex with Bill Clinton. <laughs> it's so goddamn it's a, stupid. It's a good easier to one F off. It is. It's didn't really good. see it coming. <laughs> that guy crushes it this entire movie. Because <laughs> he just had my vibe the entire time of like, Oh, he's clearly does not want to be here. <laughs> he just keeps like throwing half ass. Like, y'all want to bang me? No. All right, I'm gonna go deliver some pizza for your <laughs> dumbest boyfriend. I guess I vibed heavily with him. He was me in most of my twenties and also thirties so far. So uh, they, like I said, they go to different environmental parties to find boys who care about the environment because that's important. Not really, and. Uh, one of the ones that they go to, and I think it's honestly kind of a perfect scene as far as satire goes, where they're like, oh, it's a save the environment on the quad of the college, and they're all just sitting in a circle, giving each other back rubs, and playing hacky sack, and Tenacious D is there, and <laughs> she asks a good question, she's like, what do back rub circles have to do with uh, saving the environment? And the guy answers her, it's all about awareness, man. And it's what I kind of hate about a lot of causes. They're like, yeah, we are, we're all doing this for breast cancer awareness. It's like, that's it. That's why they sell the pink shirts. It's really just so Susan G. Coma can make more money, you know? And that really bothers Don't me. Don't worry, I dumped a bunch of cold water on you, so now you know how scary this is. <laughs> Together we can fight it. So Anytime a movie just has a gathering of scumbum dudes wearing puka shell necklaces with the fucking offspring hair. It really speaks well, to Let's me. get to the heart of the matter. Let's talk about time. Tenacious D. <laughs> You're on screen for I three heard seconds. I Jack Black singing, and my body seized up. I was like, surely, surely I'm hearing this wrong. It was, so here's the weird thing this about this. This could not be the most 90s movie. <laughs> the movie was released in 1996. I think this is before Tenacious D was actually a thing. Yeah. This is like their first concert. Bio. Good for them. <laughs> Much like all of us, got a humble start. <laughs> yeah I attended Juilliard and then I sort of bio them why, why are you doing Mark from the South Park movie <laughs> that scene lives rent free in my mind dude because I can't repeat it right, yes. it builds up in my <laughs> head for a great point average <laughs> don't say it I don't have enough to cut already so, anyway, uh, God, what a fucking funny scene. Uh, yeah. It's so good. So, anyway, they leave because they find another party where they go to where everyone's just at a bar drinking. They're just like, oh, this isn't saving the environment. I mean, and uh, two other guys are like, hey, we'll recycle your beer cans. You know, and uh, <laughs> we'll come to this other party. 
I to save the environment. I really appreciated this gravy train of environment themed parties because a yes and b two days later when I was watching people in a dive bar watch the American karate team fight the Koreans like really just like hammered home how <laughs> stupid the all the things that I watched in bars were and how much I miss it. <laughs> Like, if I ever become, like, filthy, just absolutely ridiculous rich, I'm going to spend all of my money just promoting fringe sports and fringe causes. So people in dive bars, I have to watch them be like, Hell yeah, man, you get that squirrel on a jet ski. That's all I want, man. Bring back the dive bar content. Can you imagine watching Biodome at a, at a dive bar? Oh my god, I would give anything. Please. Reopen the store. Can I make it, Chris? Can I make a quick two-minute detour to tell you a memory this unlocked from the back of my brain? No. I'm okay. sorry. I'm going on to the next. No, scene. no, come on, well, let's go. In like fucking like seventh or eighth grade, I was in one of those basic ass computer electives that you take because you don't want to take phys ed because right. you're a weak little nerdlinger like uh-huh. me. And there was one dude in this class who was just dumb as dog shit. <laughs> and it was like the sign was like to make a web page. And this dude made a biodome theme page where if you clicked a button, it would just play a sound clip of Polly Short saying biodome. <laughs> and I don't know how he did it. I was the fucking nerd in that class. And this dude went above and beyond my skill set because he's so passionate about biodome. No, he probably cheated. It probably he probably didn't even make it. He probably got someone else to do it for him. I can't Polly Short says Biodome. Like you just you just had to make like a fake like fan page or some shit just like some kind of themed website and he just made a website all about how cool biodome is i hope that dude's thriving i, I think i had show. to do something similar in eighth grade and i'd made like a north korean uh tourism web page it was like uh supposed to be fake i did not get in trouble for it i love that for you so i uh, want well, so anyway sorry that dislodged a thing i haven't thought of in decades <laughs> just so anyway so who wants to hear how the boys sorry. get out of the biodome Oh. <laughs> it's honestly kind of like that. <laughs> that that's, at first I bet Parker thought I was like, oh, Chris just knocked over its microphone in frustration. Hey, Chris, how do they get out? Oh, oh well, he's well. All right, yeah, I guess oh, there's two of us now. Yeah. So, All right, Sasquatch, you're going to have to cut his feed. Hey, 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 buddy, cut him out. Cut him out. Yeah, he called Chris Everett one too many times. <laughs> that was the show. Yeah. So anyway. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, he's fucking pissed, dude. <laughs> I thought you enjoyed this movie, anyway. buddy. It's just like being at home. No, so, so here's the thing. Uh, like they're they get banished to the desert. Yeah. They have a desert in the biodome. And by banished, you mean dropped off the four foot retractable ramp. Yeah, and they're like, hey, we're going to need two women to come with me. They look up, and no one reacts, and they're like, well, at least we have each other. And they walk off arm in arm. And you know what, I, weirdly enough, I thought about with this scene? I kept thinking about Judge Dredd. Okay. Do you remember when <laughs> Sylvester Stallone gets banished to the desert? <laughs> anyway, so they walk along, oh, and they're just kind of like... Dredd. Yes. And they're walking along, and they just, like, sit alongside the edge of the thing, and... They look up, and there's a key. And they twist the key, and one of the doors in the back of the biodome opens up. And you're telling me they're the stupid ones? Really makes you think, Chris. Maybe uh, maybe we should all go back to the same state of mind that these guys were in. 
doesn't make me think. It makes me stop thinking. Eh, uh, well, you know. That's how you end up being a scientist in the biodome, dude. So, you know, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I wonder what a director's commentary would sound like. <laughs> Just be, like, laughing and coughing, mostly. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Oh, that reminds me, at one point, you know, one of the things that kind of separated uh, these two guys from the the three of the uh, duos that I named at the beginning, like Bill and Ted, Wayne and Garth, and Beavis and Butthead, those guys did not do drugs. Whereas at this point in the movie, they're like, they're actively saying, yo, what if we planted weed because we could make hemp? And everyone looks at them like, no. They're, honestly, their strategy kind of sounded all right. They, it's like, they actually, had more a, oxygen. They had good. an oxygen problem. It made a lot of sense. Like, Yeah, I was like, okay. Maybe these also, let's be, be honest. Charged. You know, Steven Balka said, like, what if you could, like, relax when you're around us? Well, that's a good point, Steven. You know, it's a good idea. Let's go ahead and do that. Um, anyway, so they leave and they get out of there. They call up everyone. They call up all our favorite Nintendo characters for a big well, party. Well, not before they order pizza to the Biodome. Which... Yeah, and they get pizza. <laughs> the fucking scene where they're just throwing tickets off their car absolutely kills me. I don't know why, because it's, it's movie so is good. stupid. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. The pizza looked pretty good. I, as someone who's eaten pizza twice in the last three days, I could go for it again. It's na- it was National Pizza Day yesterday, too. I know. I got me some little C's oh. delivered. I'll go for some chicken too. Anyway, so God, so fucking yeah, weird. we gotta stop. We gotta right, stop. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so uh, the movie ends and moving on to the game of games. <laughs> <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> no, no, no. So, uh, anyway, so they have a big party, and you know what the party reminded me of? For some reason, it reminded me of basketball. Yeah, a little bit. That's fair. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, when they're like coming in on that thing, except that uh, Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin don't make out with each other. So like. I'm sure I'm supposed to know who the band was yeah. in this, but all I have written down is yeah. no FX question mark. Parker, you know <laughs> who this band out. is, right? This is uh, the same band that does Scotty it's... doesn't know. There's no oh, way this man. is actually Lustra. Man, I should watch we, Yeah, Trip correct. <laughs> I should watch Euro Trip and Basically. You know what I... Hey, what are you guys uh, doing next? Okay, my I problem mean, with I know Euro Trip is I watch it with a girl and I didn't get laid, so... <laughs> Euro Trip is uh, we don't Euro get Trip is on this fine. Podcast. Basketball is very good. I like basketball a lot. Good. <laughs> See, you guys call me a bitch like fifteen or sixteen more times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Joel got to be in a movie. The reveal that he just that he just sleeps in the bottom <laughs> drawer. Like a dog. It's so fucking funny. Shit, basketball, I'm basketball fucking dude. <laughs> okay, biodome, 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 biodome. Uh, yeah, so the, they're like, the girlfriend's telling it was like, you're killing the environment. I guess this is the moral confrontation of the movie. Um. No. And they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they're like, oh, we know how to fix this. We'll clean up. So the I game mean, of games. Look, 
That's the big crux of the movie. Is we gotta Look, clean up after first this crazy foremost, party. This party looks unbelievably dope. And if you gave me an invitation to a party in the biodome right now and told me that you know everyone there was COVID positive and not wearing a mask, I would still go. I I I, I want to hang out in the biodome. The biodome looks sick. What's healthier yeah. than a biodome? Yeah, it's you'll be sick. fine. There's butterflies. I'll just like in there. fucking yeah. high five a monkey and I'll be good. Let my lungs explode. I got to high five a monkey. Well, no effects played, allegedly. <laughs> Should we actually so, look up who the band was? Because I'm curious now. No, no, no. It's, it was tenacious, dude. So, anyway. What I wouldn't give to go back in time and be at a fucking pool party with a 90s alternative punk band. Okay, like, so. Lord, I would give So, the doctor, uh, the bad guy doctor, has gone insane and. Yeah, <laughs> he decides he's going to blow up the biodome with homemade coconut bombs, or, yeah. or should I say, dome-made coconut bombs? Man, the game of games. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that I decided to take a take a little journey to try to see who the band was, so I could remember that they played the fucking Spider-Man theme with Iron Man words. I forgot about that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which we somehow missed. <clears throat> oh, good. The safety dance. Biomix. Okay, that's... Yeah, the hot remix of safety dance in, the, <laughs> in credits was a lot. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, it's going to get a lot of play in this house. I can't wait to purchase that on iTunes for a buck twenty-nine. So, anyway, months pass. You say that disparagingly, like you haven't done that a thousand times. Correct. Okay, yeah. Parker. Anyway, Earth Day... Ap- Parker, a question specifically for Parker. When you heard the first, like, four notes of I Want Candy, did you also wonder if it was the Aaron Carter version? <laughs> okay, that's all this I needed. A little we can move on. It matter that it doesn't make sense. Okay. So, they're getting ready for Earth Day. Uh, this is, like, one of those Earth Day-themed movies. It's like, no one actually gives a shit about Earth Day. <laughs> Anyone was gone. What are, you, what are you doing Earth Day? Come on. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they, they are able to restore the dome. But, uh, bad news. The bad guy, Walter Peck... Uh, is insane, and he's he's got pyrotechnics everywhere, and <laughs> his fucking coconut bombs, dude. They're so yeah, he's good. got the coconut bombs all over the place again. Crash Bandicoot over here. He's been living in the vents of the biodome, making explosives out of coconuts. It's so <laughs> fucking cool. And uh, they start like throwing the the coconuts, and it realizes that it's it's a bomb, and they're just. Doors goofing around or something. <laughs> goofing yeah, around goofing. with coconuts. And then one blows. <laughs> this movie sucks so much. I love it. <laughs> anyway. They fucking. They deactivate the bomb somehow. And uh, they walk out. And he has got one last coconut bomb. He shows up again. This movie just refuses to end. And. The bomb detonates at the entrance, and anyway, the guy's actually somehow still alive. He just walks off into the desert. Sequel tease. I have an important thing to send both of you because I found out who the band is. I've never heard of them, but there's a band member that you will recognize. I will send it to both of you separately. Is is it the guy from Howard the Duck? You fucking. (laughs) I mean, also send the duck. If he was in, I would have liked it. So uh, anyway. Uh, patiently waiting over here. It is taking its sweet time to upload for some okay, reason. Okay, let's check this. Going to kill myself. 
Alright. Sent to you. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> is in that band that plays this, it. The fucking look at him. He looks like he's a dead alien guy. <laughs> the fucking dead alien dude that shows up in random jackass sketches with that weird braided Oh my beard. god, how much heroin do you think he does? You guys think he becomes the Joker? Oh man. <laughs> dude, I think he became the Joker a long time ago. So, at the end of the movie, they drive out to a power plant and everyone dies. So, uh, thank you <laughs> so much yeah. For this. Wait, yeah, what the fuck? What is the end I of this movie? They drive off towards a power plant. They're like, just like, like, oh, those wacky guys are going to have another adventure. I think this is a legitimate sequel tease. <laughs> like, they thought they were getting Biodome 2. <laughs> can you imagine if this was a hit? If only. Parker, gun to your head right now. You can see one of the following movies come to reality. Biodome 2, Forrest Gump 2. Oh, shit. <laughs> it has to be Forrest Gump 2. Okay. It's gotta be Forrest Gump 2. That would be a seven Correct. hour episode just from the 9-11 scene. <laughs> but also, what if they both were in the same universe? What if Polly Shore was on the They flight? have to be. They really have I to I mean, be. if Polly Shore was on that flight, things would have gone down differently, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin so. accidentally knocks Mark Wahlberg out cold so he can't <laughs> stop it from happening. No, All Seth, right, well, after that... you. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's it's actually time for the final game of games. <laughs> <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> the- Boy, is it? So, uh, as I can recall, Chris owned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Parker owned the Kansas City Chiefs of Kansas City, Kansas. We prefer the Champa Bay now. That's sure. You get an assignment. You get an assignment for whoever you want based on the win of your team. Uh, just one. All right, let me. Well, uh, I mean, you get you get another one too, but yeah, yeah, we'll do it later. Okay, so first ones first is uh, hey Parker, did you ever see Moulin Rouge? Do I still have an immunity? Only if I agree to it. Nah, this would be funny as shit. I can do something. <laughs> it might take me a while to get through. This might take me a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. I can do something. Okay. I can do something with that. And we also had another bet on the Super Bowl where Parker doubled down on his Chiefs. Chris doubled down on his Buccaneers. And I also picked the Buccaneers because I am not a moron. So, <laughs> Chris and I... I mean, I bet actual real life money on the Buccaneers I mean, that all works out. Good job. Um, I don't really remember the rules of this, but I think Chris and I both get to assign you something, and also, yeah, I'm about, I'm yeah, about yeah, to yeah, get you're getting locked. Yeah. I think is my understanding. Uh, Alex, I'll let you go first. Uh, so I am going to be fairly nice because I have been wanting somebody to talk about Comrade Detective with for like a year. So, so here's what we're going to do. 
rather than assign you movies, I'm going to give you the first three of the six episodes to watch and just assume you're going to watch the rest. Because that feels like a fair assignment, because you will enjoy the fuck out of this. And also, I'm probably going to watch it again this week, so. Nice. It's okay. I I think it's uh, all on Prime, so if you have Prime, you're good. All right, now, Parker, you mentioned a while ago you were talking about uh, Mel Gibson movies. Um, I think once he directed. Oh, no. (laughs) This could go in a lot of directions. Well, I just took a... I didn't take a DNA test. My dad did, and he told me about it, even though I'd prefer not to hear about it. Turns out I'm Scottish. (laughs) Um, Descended from Scottish. We are fantastic. can you say Pip-Pip Cheerio? No. And... uh, (laughs) Outside the first Scottish thing I did Prime. is I watched Brave. The, the first thing I did is I watched uh, Braveheart, and you know what? That movie still holds up. It's really, really good. And you said I, I don't think you've actually seen it, or I haven't seen it all the way through, and at least in a long time. So now's the time for a rewatch. So good news, excellent movie. Bad news, three hours long. Yeah, what yeah. Can you do? I've, I've had the old TNT experience, but that. Oh, that. dude, you treat yourself. Thank God you didn't assign him the Patriot. Well, I have to now. He would have quit this oh, podcast. Oh God, fuck the Patriot, dude! It's so I really bad. don't like the Patriot. It's so bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that's one of the things we agree very strongly on. That Patriot fucking sucks. Um, do I get another assignment? So yeah, you get one for winning, and Parker gets assigned something for losing. I just uh, I gave him two and a half hours of a TV show to be nice. You can give him another movie. Right. Nice. All right. Uh, <laughs> boy, this looks a stack. Hey, Parker. I think I feel. Still yeah. have four from last week. <laughs> hey, Parker. Would you? I, I'll give you a choice, Parker. Um, would you? Would you rather watch Caligula or Ghost Can't Do It? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost can't do it is shorter, so. Yeah, I'll write them both down, and I'll. I'll I won't tell you this, man. To not be the, don't be the one who makes the mistake of watching both. I don't know if you'll survive. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I am very aware of what Ghost can do. I'm also mostly aware of what Caligula is, but it's the real question: like, how do I turn that into anything on here? How horny is it? And also, how hard do I have to go out of my way to find the best horny version? So we'll I mean, I mean, it's nothing that Ninja Scroll doesn't do. I'm sure. Dude, <laughs> when I fucking watched <laughs> Wicked City, and had to just keep going through all of these monster rape scenes, and at the end of the movie, I look up, I'm like, ah, oh, director of Ninja Scroll <laughs> got me. You tricked me. You sons of bitches. God damn it. No, Dad, it gets really good. Yeah, yeah I chose to not talk about that this week because we were all having fun. It's like, hey, guys, so, yeah, a whole lot of rape in it, but the action's good. I just looked it up. The movie's only 82 minutes. How much rape could there... Uh, Don't answer that. Dude, it's anime. Yeah. That's like, all you need. Fair. Turns out, uh, a lot. Evidently. It started so promising. Yeah, that's too. all of them from the 80s. Yeah. It's... Except Akira. It's a real Akira's grab bag. Look, I knew what I was asking for. I was looking for, like, I want these really grimy, like, over-violent OVAs that are, like, three episodes max. I 
I know it's a coin flip. I knew. Honestly, it I like that aesthetic too. I might, I might get in on that. Send me any good ones without any rape. Oh, you should watch. Uh, there's, wait, a, no, there might, uh, there's a reason uh, I didn't bring it up, buddy. <laughs> I, I feel like Demon City Shinjuku is exactly what you're looking for. Oh wait, I think I think you mentioned that. That one. was yeah. next yeah. on. Yeah, you mentioned that one on an episode once. There is um, less sexual assault in that. One of the, one of the reviews for uh, we said what was was the one you watched, Barker the the city. Wicked Wicked City. City. One of the reviews says, This may not be the second coming of Akira, but it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> hope, okay, hope that sure. guy gets cancelled. <laughs> hey, shout out to Movie with, Bob's Letterboxd account. With, <laughs> <laughs> with these types of movies, you have to accept, like, there's going to be a lot of unnecessary titties and probably sex stuff, but a man has a limit. Oh my god. god it says not nearly as gruesome <laughs> as Legend of the Overfiend. So, Parker, next week's episode. Great. <laughs> oh, no! And that's the tea, sis.